Hello and welcome to the Super Show podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and I am joined with uh, Jamie and Jonesy. How are you boys doing? Hello, Christoph. I'm doing fantastically well today. Thank you for asking. Good to know. Wow. Look at Jonesy stepping up with the big boy intro. I like it. You even gave a thumbs All up. Right, mate. That's so nice. professional. So professional. Oh, okay. And, and you, yourself, Mr. James? Um, I'm not doing too bad. I'm alive. I'm here. I'm present. I'm in the moment. And so I we can't could ask, ask for, much really. More. Exactly. What yeah. more could you want? Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. A corpse might be a little bit of a downer at this point <laughs> in the uh, podcast. Yeah. So, uh, Jamie's gone and died. If you're joining us for the first time, we are a gaming podcast. We don't take ourselves too seriously and we talk a lot of shit. So, welcome. Enjoy the next two hours of your life. I don't know if it's going to be two <laughs> hours. No. I'm, I hope it's not two hours. I really, really genuinely hope <laughs> it's, it's not two hours. Here's the thing, Chris it's the curse. Every time you say that you hope it's not two hours, it's definitely going to be two hours. Ah, but here's yeah, the thing. That's how it works. Do I say it because I actually want a two hour podcast? You need to talk to us for two hours. You feel like you've missed out. I, I do miss you guys. Like this, this fucking quarantine, enough now. It's bullshit. Get over it. Yeah, it's true. But it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So we roll with the punches as we do. And that's why we bring you this uh, five-star podcast, as some would say. That's someone being me. This is a five-star podcast. Uh, so yes, as a podcast, we are available on all major podcasting platforms. I'm talking about Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, some of those other weird ones. You don't need to know about them. But we're also on YouTube and you can see our lovely mugs. You can see all of this. I'm, uh, you know, gesturing to my face. Jamie's just looking away in disgust. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I was distracted. Yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, and if you're on YouTube, you can leave comments, which is always uh, appreciated and useful. And you can, you know, leave a like, leave a subscribe, all of that boring shit that uh, so-called influencers ask you to do every single time. And we have to do it too, because if you're not playing the game, you're dead. All right. <clears throat> now, guys, I don't know if you know this. But okay. um, the fact that you are on camera and the fact that we are on this podcast, you know, on a podcast platform of your choice or on YouTube, it's all down to some very generous people because this podcast is brought to you exclusively, well, not anymore, actually, but is brought to you by our lovely patrons. Yes, this show is funded almost 99.5% from Patreon. And uh, if we didn't have these patrons, we wouldn't be here today. So... We've got some thank yous to say is what, what I'm saying, right? We've got some, let's shout out some names, okay? We've got some new ones as well. So listen up, because starting with the new one, Aaron Cameron, Brett Zerbrick, Hacksaw Book Reed, another new one, Leo Merger, which is a pretty cool fucking name, if you ask me. Manuel Guerrero, Mindful Pig, Nathan Pierce, Peaswad, Robert Rottemond, The Dude Abides, William Sherry, and of course, the, the two patron saints of the Super Show podcast. Oh is Lonnie Thompson and Scala Music. Thank you guys so very fucking much. I had to add in the fucking there because uh, I'm just just so excited. Yeah, exactly. That is awesome that we've got some new patrons in there. Thank you so much for joining our Patreon. You want to hear, you the, scary, you hear the scary thing? We yeah. are... So, well, we've been going since end of December 2019, right? And, uh, yeah, about that. And I think, our, I think our Patreon went up like mid of Jan. And in our Patreon, we had a stretch goal for $600... And we would bring back our Dungeons and Dragons playthrough uh, that we, you know, oh. one episode that we did on 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 ATG, uh, and we're, we're getting close to that goal, boys and girls. So if you'd like to see that happen, or if not, and you just want to get access to a Discord server which we are on constantly, or you want to get access to Jamie's Minecraft server, ooh, and play ooh. with us some games, um, you know, and there's some some other stuff like uh, some behind the scenes. We've got some additional. Uh, podcastage over on the Patreon called uh, Super Show After Dark, 
where it's uh, basically just us unfiltered raw uh and and uh none the wiser to be to be perfectly fair it's true uh not always <clears throat> talking about games it's a fun time so go ahead and check it out at patreon.com forward slash super show and with that all out of the way boys let's jump straight into the comments of the week how about that hell yeah let's do, do it. it let's do it or should I say, before we get into the comments of the week, just a little bit of a, a sneak peek, a gander, if you will, as to what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be oh. discussing all the stuff that went down at Ubisoft's uh, Forward Conference, which is basically their, their E3 without being at E3. Uh, we're going to be talking Marvel's Avengers, uh, some interesting PlayStation news, uh, maybe one or two other things. We'll see, we'll see how we go in terms of time, because I don't want a two-hour podcast. You guys might, <laughs> but I don't. Uh, All right, comment of the week is actually coming from a patron, fellas. So this wasn't on YouTube. Not to say that there weren't uh, excellent YouTube comments. Thank you to all of those. Uh, But this one I I just thought was a very interesting question to ask. This got asked on our Discord server by JustCameron98. Got a question for the next podcast. Do you prefer night or day in games? I guess this mostly relates to open world games with time cycles. That's a good question, actually. I I thought Um, it was pretty cool. Like it, it technically it's simple, right? Because it's a, it's a. It's an A B answer. It's like, yeah, I prefer night. I prefer day. But maybe getting into the the reasoning behind it could be quite cool. Yeah, because it's not something I think I've thought about that much in the past. But I think yeah. the, my first reaction was that I prefer daytime. I guess I just prefer to have as clear a view of my surroundings as possible. As you hinted at earlier, Chris, talking about our realm that we uh, share with the guys on Discord. Minecraft, Been playing a lot of Minecraft lately. Yeah, and um, I definitely prefer daytime in Minecraft because yeah. I like to be able to see everything. I feel like Jamie just spamming the chat. Have everyone got to bed? Dude, I I wish. There's no way you can get Peaswood to go to bed. That dude, (laughs) he just stands around. Um... But the, just, like, so much so that actually the, one of the first times I was playing in the realm, Jamie came up behind me, put a bed behind me, <laughs> and then was like, dude, go to bed. No, I, I, <laughs> so I, I hit you because we weren't chatting at the me, time. Yeah. We weren't on mic. <laughs> so I put the bed on the floor and punched Jonesy as I'd say, hey, fucking sleep. <laughs> We're going to bed right now. Let me I ask think, you a question. In real life, if someone had to like yeah. put a mattress behind you, hit you over the head, you look at like, what the fuck are you doing? And someone had to go as a mute and just go, God. Would you, would you go, go to sleep go right sleep. then and there? It yes, depends. Absolutely. I think about it, but then again, the real world doesn't have the same properties as Minecraft in that you don't like l- close your eyes for 10 seconds, it becomes daytime. I wish that's how sleeping worked. But hey, sometimes fact, that's what it feels like, man. Especially when you're so fucking tired and you go to sleep and you're like, this is going to be so good. I'm going to get well, like fucking 12 hours. This of sleep, is the thing. You guys have, have these awesome dreams. You close your eyes and it feels like 10 seconds. You wake up and it's the next fucking day and you're like, what the fuck just happened? You guys have wives and you have children, so you get woken up every morning and you're probably like exhausted by the end of the day and you really want to get to sleep. Most of my nights right now uh, consist of me going to bed thinking, well, this isn't fucking working, and then doing something to try and distract myself until like six in the morning, then eventually having the worst night's sleep of my life, waking up 11, at 11 saying, ah, four hours, I'll call it a day. <laughs> the life of a student who's not a student. Yeah, that's yeah. why my eyes look like this. That's why my skin looks like this. That's why I drink Red Bull. That's uh, yeah, my, sure, my life. That's why, yeah, that's why. I'm more in keeping with you, though. Like, I, I have the thing that um, I'll get at two in the morning. My wife will come down and, and like, tell me off for still playing computer games and to go to bed. Because <laughs> I don't get to play them during the day. So I'll, I'll go, like, it's, it's 12, it's midnight. I've finished doing everything I've done for the day. I'm quickly going to hop on a game. I'll invariably play slightly too much. And then she'll come down, like, what time is it? Go to bed. You see, like, oh, Jonesy, you got, you got that BSE, right? 
BSE. Yeah. Big something energy. Big, big big squirrel energy. That's squirrel, squirrel gaming energy. 101 right there. <laughs> big squirrel energy, yeah. I'm trying, mate. I'm trying. Hell yeah. Okay. Well, it's not having an effect on the not having effect on the Last of Us, though, is it? You're both taking fifty million years to complete that game. I've been busy working on projects. This was going to be the world's latest spoiler cast. It's not really. <laughs> I mean, come on, like, nah, yeah, it won't be long. I've, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Getting Nearly there. there. Getting there. Mm. Okay, yeah. So, back so what are you saying, Jamie? So, you're, so in general, Jamie, you're saying daytime. I'm saying daytime. daytime. For me, nighttime is like a luxury. When I need to do something stealthy, I'll. Like slip into night for a little bit, but ultimately the answer for me is daytime. Interesting. What about you? I think Chris. Sorry. Oh me. Okay. I, I, it's got. It's got to depend on the game, right? Because obviously Minecraft, you want to sleep. You don't want to. You don't want to be awake at night. Um, something like um, uh, friggin' hell, what's it called? Um, what's the game where the zombies come out? The horrible zombies come out at night. The green ones. Dying light. Dying light. Oh, I yeah. hate nighttime. I do not want to be anywhere near anywhere at night. They're like Agreed. extra XP if you're out at night. I'm like, you can put your extra XP up your ass. I'm, going, <laughs> I'm staying in until hundred percent. Yep. Daytime. Um, but then, of course, if you want to play something like Assassin's Creed, you you sleep until or you meditate or whatever until night, and then you go and do your raiding at nighttime because it's so much easier and better. Um, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, I'm not really up for being spotted and attacked. Fair um, enough. Generally speaking, though, daytime, but. Like, I suppose I'm kind of agreeing with Jamie, unless the game warrants it and then go for a night time. Right. Yeah, I, I think I'm the opposite to you guys. I'm I'm a, a night owl. Really? Yeah, I just think that, like, um, let's put it this way. Like, a lot of games, they kind of use night as uh, a mechanic, whether it be a good mechanic or a bad mechanic, right? So a good mechanic in terms of, like, hey, this is when you go out sneaking. Or a bad mechanic was like, hey, here's more enemies and zombies and shit, like in, in fucking Ocarina of Time. You know, in the field, it goes nighttime and all those fucking skelly, skelly, skelly boys come out. Um, mm. But I think what I like about it is, A, I, I prefer the aesthetic of nighttime, whether it be like, uh, you know, town set, you know, uh, lit up with torches or uh, neon lights. So like fucking um, cyberpunk, it's all, it's all about, right, I mean, I know yeah, it's yeah. Night City, yeah. but Night City at night is obviously going to be much cooler than Night City during the day. I think to games like... Um, Need for Speed Underground 2, the fucking yes, the very night races. Oh, and all the fucking neon and the lights. And and especially if they take a lot of time and effort with the uh, the graphical side of things. Not to say like graphical fidelity in terms of like, oh, it's HD or it's 4K or it's HDR, but more a case of like, what does the light do and how does it interact with the world at night? And I just think, sure. that, I just think that like, come nighttime, a lot more cool shit is open up and a lot more mechanics open up it's just overall more interesting to me. But hey. Do you, there's always a weird thing that nighttime in games, or even in real life to some degree, almost imitates what we think we want to be like. Like we, it, we, everything is more neon. Everything is more electric, <laughs> electrical. You don't see like dirt and, and sidewalk oh, yeah, or pavement yeah, sure. or whatever. People, it, people can create like, oh, this is how we want it to look. We want it to be bright and neon and glowing and, and sort of cybery and whatever. Yeah. Whereas in the day, everything's just a bit like, oh, I can just see everything. Yeah. It looks like a I, I, if, if I had to relate it to Minecraft place. as well, it's like, okay, you, you definitely want to be building during the day and shit like that. But I quite like it. I mean, okay, I, I say this as like someone who's been fucking playing millions of hours in Minecraft. No. <laughs> but like looking around that village, I mean, we'll get into it when we do the catch up. But when I was walking around our our server at the nighttime it's when everything looked cooler all the stuff all the houses that our uh, patrons and discordians had made just looked way cooler because it's like oh 
this is what you did with the lighting, you know, and this is what right. it looks like in the shadow of this and that. It, it's cool. I like it. I, I do want to give a shout out though, right? If we're talking about like days and nights, I want to give a shout out to seasons, okay? Because for the okay. life of me, I fucking hate it when games are set in the winter. Huh, okay. Yeah, you're not, you're not a snow fan in games, are you? Uh, purely because I just physically and in the real IRL feel cold when I'm playing those games. When I was playing fucking Skyrim, it was maybe the coldest I've ever been in my life. No, I just I like it. Yeah. I like winter in games. I think it's cool. It adds I, a whole new dynamic. I actually saw a Reddit post the other day that I kind of... Uh, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to say I agreed with it because you guys will groan <laughs> if I say I agreed with it, but I thought that's an interesting theory. And I think it comes on what applies to me. And yeah. it was that... People don't actually like summer. The only reason they like summer is they, is because they still, from their childhood, subconsciously associate it with free time and holidays. But otherwise, summer's a horrible season because all it is is just heat and sweat. And that, for me, is kind of true because I much prefer winter. I prefer <laughs> wrapping up. I prefer sitting next to her. I don't have a fireplace, but I like to put a fireplace full screen. You know, the Netflix show that's just a fireplace. Yeah. Put it full screen on my TV sit next to it and eat fried chicken and gravy and just my life problems just, they drift away. See, I, I have the reverse of that because I used to love, win- I used to like winter more because as a kid, Christmas was more fun. Christmas. And, Christmas and uh, ski- like we went skiing a couple of times and stuff like that. But then when I had, when I was older and I had a dog and you have to walk the dog in the winter, it's horrible because <laughs> it's wet and muddy. And then it's like, and then you take the kids out as well and they get covered in it and it's just like, Bring summer on, man. Yeah, it's just, it's just a miserable time overall. Yeah, it brings yeah, so, summer on when the kids get sweaty and nah. they don't get sweaty. They're kids, boys. It's summer for me, all right. And and not only that, when I was living in South Africa, Christmas time is a hot time. And that's that's weird, a time for barbecues and brais and and you know, it's fucking shorts and. and can I can I augment this question and throw it back at you guys? Because oh. in someone in the Discord got a little. I think they they thought this que- uh, the question from. Um, just Cameron was a different question and I thought that was an interesting question as well which was when do you like to play games the most do you like to play games the most in the day or in the night oh well, like, that was an interesting like question in the IRL yeah yeah for you like would you rather play at 12 p.m in the middle of the day or would you rather play at 12 a.m in the oh, middle at of the night? night dude at night I, I guess isn't it this thing where like you always think during the day you you like I get it like this sometimes if I go to the cinema during the day where it's like, okay, I, it, it's nice and sunny outside, but I'm going into a dark room to watch a movie. Movie might be great, but there's always this thing in the back of my mind saying like, I should just be like enjoying the sunshine, you know? Right. And and then- <laughs> yeah, I was on with Jamie. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> Go when, on, Jamie. When, but when it comes time to gaming, I think I think I just, I prefer- Because you're missing the day. Like, Yeah, I, pr- I prefer the, the solitude of night anyway. Okay. Yeah, Jamie. It's a lot quieter I- and still, right? Yeah, it is. It's true. I, that's I get true, that. Yeah. And I think for most people, because of the way our schedules work, whether you're at school or whether you're at work or whatever it is, you end up gaming at night. That means other people end up gaming at night. That means if you want to game with other yeah. people, they're on at night. It's just where it's happening. And the one thing I will say is, and I don't know how often you guys have experienced this, and that's not meant to be a weird thing, but it's obviously like families do complicate this uh, compared to living on your own. I really like the feeling of when you're really into a game and... All you want to do when you're not playing it is play. And you it. hope that the game's really into you, and that maybe they'll take further. <laughs> and you ask for the game's not. No, yeah, exactly. Um, no, I was going to say that feeling of waking up on a Saturday or a Sunday when you've got nothing to do, 
and you wake up in the morning and you're in bed and it's like 11 o'clock and you're like, holy shit, I could just get out of get bed and start playing that game now. And when you just have that drive, yes. that enthusiasm, to just, just do a lunchtime or an early afternoon gaming session because that game's on your mind. I love that feeling. You're making me so My sad. My guy. Dude. Yeah, you're making me so that sad. That is what, that's why I prefer gaming in the day. There you go. Because I, so Skyrim is a great example, right? I would go to sleep playing Skyrim, which is, which is great, <laughs> like at night, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had at the time, um, <laughs> too much information but my wife and I were like living in a one room basically and we had our TV and a sofa and a bed and everything was in one room so you had to and put it in a bag while you game during the day <laughs> oh no so there's a slight wrinkle to this but yeah I would I would be playing like at two o'clock in the morning then I'd turn it off then I'd literally wake up roll over and turn the game on or like Brody out of Mallrats when he's playing like NHL hockey or hell yeah um, and I'd roll over and start playing it again and I love that daytime gaming, like from the moment you wake up. The wrinkle is sometimes I would oversleep and I would wake up and she would be playing her profile <laughs> in Skyrim you know, and then I couldn't play it. That That's reminded cool. me of a really embarrassing situation I had where I, so I, you guys know I lived in Newcastle for a little while. And when I moved up there first, uh, I moved into a house and the landlord had bought a bed, but he hadn't built it yet. And he was like, I'm going to give you an option. Either I build it and that's it's all good. There you go. Or you can build it. And the flip side is if you build it and it breaks, then you don't get charged for it. Some weird shit like that. Basically, it was some... <laughs> yeah, it was some weird thing where okay. like... How many times have you broken a bed, Jamie? I'm curious. <laughs> I've broken every bed I've ever slept in. And some to <laughs> some in some respect. I mean, look at me, dude. Like, you... you think have you ma- really? I thought you were joking. Have you really broken a bed? Oh, I bro- I've not. Uh, it's I've broken more beds than I've not broken. Wow! It depends what? how they're built, right? You if if they are beds which were basically like a metal pole vertically down the middle of the bed and wooden slats, I will break yeah. those wooden slats at some oh, but point. But I think everyone breaks those fucking wooden. Slats. Right? Yeah, like yeah. we've yeah we don't have to go into details, but <laughs> there are, there are easy ways to break those slats. Um, I've, I've just like I a, a, a repetitive what? kind of um um. Uh, Let's move on. Do you know what? Yeah, I was installing a chandelier above the, (laughs) right above my bed, and I was standing. Yeah, yeah, but the chandelier was too high, so I had to jump on the bed just to screw it in every time. Basically, but basically, long story short, I agreed to build my own bed as I moved into this house, and of course, me being me, I moved in on day one. I was like, I can't fucking be bothered, so I started (laughs) sleeping. I put the duvet down. I'd lie on one half of it and wrap the other half around me. (laughs) And I lived, I, li- I lived like that for six months, and because I like didn't, Jamie sausage rolls. and and furniture was like f- furniture so expensive. What the fuck is the point? So I put my TV just on the floor. So I slept on the floor with my TV on the floor, like three foot away from me. So I Jamie really is like a someone paying who lives in a squat. Yeah, you, yeah. You, I was just about to say you're living your life as a squatter. That's and, great. And and again, people didn't ask for this detail, but you'd be surprised how many people would uh, would. <laughs> Not raise an eyebrow at that sleeping situation when you invite them into it. Yeah, well, because they were like, this psycho has invited me into their house. Yeah, they don't, just wanna, say they just wanna, don't wanna say anything bad and just get out of there. Maybe they're I mean, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong, a lot of them did get out of there very quickly. <laughs> yeah, Jamie. One, of, one of them didn't, though. Maybe, maybe they thought. Oh, one, the, they thought you were the, to be fair, the first one that didn't get out of there in a hurry also then forced me to build the bed. So that's why the bed got built eventually. She she wanted a project, and you and you and the bed were the project. I guess so. That's to funny. see, um, yeah. Talking about breaking stuff, you know, six months ago, I fell through the a floorboard in my bedroom. 
I'm just imagining like, like, Mr. I DIY over here as well. I'm imagining yeah. was it the fucking like the the Cleveland Cleveland and Family Guy where his whole his, he's on the, <laughs> the toilet yeah and yeah the whole bath was, yeah I'm just imagining that for the reason. Do you know what I'd I'd done a whole lot of work in that room and I knew that the, there was a damaged floorboard there, but it wasn't damaged that badly, and I was like, oh, I'll be fine. I'm quite heavy. And I'd been walking around repeatedly and I knew there was, I knew where it was as well because you could kind of feel a little bit of a thing. And then I was, I just got out of bed one day and it's right there and I stood up and it just went, and I was like, shit. So I had to lift up my carpet and I had to replace the floorboard. Oh, oh nah. Anyway, DIY, um, SOS, bed manufacturing DIY SOS. Is, but no, that's, that's interesting. So yeah, so me and Jamie, what, I suppose we, you kind of said both Jamie, I'm daytime gamer. Oh yeah, I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> This is this is going swimmingly so far fucking on our way to a two hour podcast. All right, let's do it let's do it as quick as we can. Let's do it let's do a catch up then, shall we? Can I can yeah. I before we do the catch up I have one oh, little thing there, that I wanted that, to slide in. That's the fucking It's two literally hours. ten seconds. It's ten seconds. So um last week I think I said, basically it was my fault. I should I meant to play a thing, Crail's um jingle mm. that he took the time to make us for the um uh what are they called? The Haiku, Haiku Corner. Corner, yeah. Corner. Um I couldn't figure out how to get it to play through, so I listened to it, and then you boys couldn't hear it. Yeah, we were so pretending, we should actually. It, we're going, we, we'd heard it yeah, before, but... You did a great yeah, job. Yeah, we heard so it I, I, So I'm going to put it into this week so everyone who's listening can hear Quail's uh, haiku. Okay, so, so hold on. Can, take... we, can we get some accountability? Jonesy, you're editing this one, so if it's missing... Exactly, yeah. yeah. It was, see, there's my, completely my fault. I've already, I've okay. already spoken to Quail about the fact that I edited last week's one, and it wasn't uh, in it, so... So let's so let's give it five seconds and then we'll have a little gap to put Quail's little jingle in. Okay, so stop talking now. There you go, there you go, everybody. Sorry, that, that was a good jingle. That was I love that jingle. Awesome. That is, you know what? Um, that's a it might have sounded even better than it sounded this time last week. Maybe <laughs> absolutely. Maybe. Uh, cool. No, but that 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 having been done, right, I think I think that on. I think that was necessary. So thank you, Alex Jones. All right, yeah, uh, very quick catch-up. I mean, I guess, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick this off because I'll, I'll just fucking rattle through it because I know some of my stuff relates to some of your guys' stuff as well. Oh. Uh, what have I been up to this week? I finished Dark. Okay. Uh, oh, season, okay, season, cool. season Tres, which is actually the uh, rounding off of the entire show. They're not going to oh, make yeah. uh, more. Um, Satisfied? And, yeah, you know what? Like, it, it's, it's a show that with each season gets more and more complex. And it was already a complex show to begin with in season one. Like, you really need to pay attention. And even when you are paying your utmost attention, like, you don't fucking know what's going on. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and this third season, we had a lot going on. I will, I will tell you that. Um, don't want to say what, because it's obviously a bit of a spoiler. But, uh, yeah, they, they wrapped it up really nicely and, and in, a, in a satisfactory manner. It's always going to be a difficult cool. task when you're talking about, like, time travel and this, that, the other. But, yeah, no, it was good. It was good. Highly recommend Dark. Go watch it. Go watch it in German with the English subtitles. Uh, das gut, yeah. <laughs> um, what else have I done? I have uh, I played some Dota, streamed it on Monday night. It was absolutely fucking terrible. I got slaughtered. <laughs> I had a hat trick of three losses in a row and uh, won the final game and only won it because uh, we got carried by someone else. Sometimes that's just how these things go, right? Like you have you have bad bad runs, I guess. Could could you potentially win every game? Uh, okay. Or is there or is it or are there like certain people that have got they're too leveled up or they're too well? No, they, they, there is a match. So I I don't play ranked matchmaking, but there is a matchmaking system regardless, even in the pubs, right? Right. So in theory, it's doing its best to match you with people of the same caliber. But, okay. Right. But 
I've had this long-standing theory. So that when when Dota Two like first came out, maybe in the first year or two, they came out with a blog post and they said, "Look, what we what we're trying to achieve with the matchmaking is to give everyone the the best experience." And they had a couple of graphs, blah blah blah. But if you read into it, basically what it's saying is everyone should be hovering around a fifty percent win rate. Right. Okay. That what they were saying is that the data suggests that that's what happens. But if you take a look at it a step further and you think of it from a Valve point of view and maybe a business perspective, um, to keep everyone at a 50% rate, that means that you're going to be potentially getting them to come back for more, right? Because you're giving them just enough wins to keep them happy, but denying them enough wins to think, oh, I've got to play more games to win. So if you artificially keep that at a 50%, it might work in your, in your favor, right? So I have this conspiracy theory that it is tracking how many times you have won versus how many times you have lost. And it, if, you, if it feels that you've won too many times, it's going to bump up your matchmaking to go up against people of a higher rank. To, to push you back down, to push you your back down. Win rates, yeah. Mate, yeah. Okay. That's my that's my so, crazy. So if I had if I had the theory. best, because I'm I know nothing about Dota. Let me be completely honest. If I had the best Dota player in the world sitting next to me, yeah, telling me everything like how to play, what to do, everything, and I hopped into my very first game, um, could with with like you know with barely yeah. anything, whatever you start the game with, yeah. could I win that game? Potentially, here's the thing. Even so, if- I mean, could I win the game against about like a much higher level player? Or there are things I will not have access to until I've played. It's 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 so complex though, right? Because it's five v five, and and more so than a game like let's say Warzone or anything like that. Each little variable can have a, a relatively significant impact towards the end of the game, right? And it also depends right. on how the game is balanced in any particular patch because. There's been patches where there's been like crazy comeback mechanics where you could fuck up a lot in the beginning of the game and you get one or two good kills and then you're back back in the in the in the running, right? Um But I, I would say this, like even even with my conspiracy theory, I feel that even if they stack the odds against you, it's never impossible to win a game. Okay. If that okay, makes cool. Sense. That's that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. I've always found it kind of impenetrable as a game, which is why I it's hard, dude. And and there's been a lot of kind of like discussion on new player experience, or rather the lack of, and why it's because the game, it, other than a viewers viewership standpoint, in which case it's actually growing, but in terms of actual player base, it's shrinking. And you know, a lot of Reddit discussions of saying like, well, there's no, it, it's it's impenetrable for a lot of people. There's a, a bad new user experience. So they really need to kind of fucking sort that shit out, I think, and make it easier for newcomers. But hey, that's what it is. Anyway, that's that's Dota. Enough Dota talk. Because the other thing that we did was uh, I finally popped my Minecraft cherry uh, with with you boys, and that was that oh, was yeah. fun. Went on to Jamie's Minecraft server um, last night. In fact, uh, I was streaming it as well at Twitch.tv forward slash Hot Panic. Just a plug. Um, and yeah, it was cool. It's uh, I, Minecraft has always been a game I kind of shied away from. Um, not for any particular reason that I just didn't think I... I don't know. I just didn't think I would enjoy it, to be honest. Like, I, I, I don't really know how to explain it other than that. Uh, but it was cool getting into that world and seeing, seeing what our community had made and, and actually being pretty impressed with everyone's kind of like building prowess and ideas and... And it's interesting, you get into that kind of realm and you think to yourself, man, okay, I'm getting inspired here. The creative juices are flowing. 
and and I got to say, I think I think I'm getting it. I think I'm getting Minecraft. Sweet. Ooh, that's it. You build a house in the end. No, I, I dug a cave, and then and then my son woke up, and then I had to log off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Plus, for anyone interested, watch the end of that that vod. But it, when Chris says he's new to Minecraft, he really is new to new to Minecraft. Oh, so it was yeah. kind of like he you knew how to knock down a tree. But we had to explain, you know, crafting tables and you know <laughs> yeah. planks and sticks and tools and so on and yeah, so forth. Uh, so Phoenix from some, our, some Fe- Phoenix from the Discord said uh, I should have called the stream uh, Boomer plays plays Minecraft. I was going to say the same yeah, thing. Yeah. I was literally going to say someone said it was like Boomer plays Minecraft. It's yeah. it's pretty fucking accurate. To be fair, I mean, fuck. I, if I've never played, literally, when when the stream started, I must have been about two minutes entirety of actually playing Minecraft. Right. right. I yeah. mean, like, you know, and, and which and is a not, yeah. And if you don't play the game and you're not interested in the game, you're not going to watch other people play the game. Sure. So I don't know this fucking thing, but it's it's cool. Uh, you know, it's a it's a fun experience. I will. I'm looking forward to streaming more of it, especially now because I have made Twitch affiliates. So, Hell yeah! yeah. You want yeah. them, Everyone, give Chris all your money. And it took me a fucking <laughs> ages. But anyway, you don't have to give me money, but you know. I'd like it. I'd rather go to the Super <laughs> Show so I could share it with you guys. Uh, but yeah, oh. that's that's cool, and and that's kind of my news. Uh, still haven't caught up on Last of Us Part Two, but yeah, funny crossed. that, funny that. Oh mm. come on! Like another I said, I, another I, another week in the books. Got all the time in the world for Dota, but not for the game of the. No, <laughs> bit of Minecraft, bit of Dota. Bit. Well, the thing is, if I was streaming Last of Us Part Two, then maybe that's a different story. Yeah. Jonesy doesn't get to make any jokes because not only is he also not playing The Last of Us 2 often enough, he was streaming The Last of Us Part 2. Yeah. Oh, hold on, hold on. Yes. Sorry. Can I just, on my catch up, I managed to hunt down some Mickey D's this week. So, hell yeah. Nice. My, my first one since the quarantine. And I managed to hunt down some uh, Pacific Punch uh, Monster. Chris, you're living your best life, mate. It's absolutely fucking, dude, this is like the best beverage that there ever was. I know last week I had Arancia Torosa, and that's really nice. Yeah. But man, Pacific Punch. I I can't tell you how happy it makes me that I get to share a podcast with at least one guy. I know, Jonesy, you're partial to it on your day as well, but someone who genuinely also shares my love and enthusiasm for Monster as a genuinely tasty drink. Not just a a time and a place energy beverage, but a genuinely tasty drink. Totally there cool. are some really good flavors. What's the, what's the blue and yellow can? The the blue one with the yellow M on it. Is that Pacific blue like, one pipeline? One? No, pipeline's no, the, pink. Pipeline's the pink one. You might be it's thinking like of Mango Loco, which has a lot of blue and orange, and the, yeah, and that's, the, the that's what Jamie ma- drinks a lot. That's what I drink a lot. I've got one in the fridge, but I can't be bothered to go and get it. That's a good. I like that one, and I like the one you're drinking, Chris. And oh, I like the, um, the, the pipeline punch one. as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ultra Paradise as well. The green sugar-free one's really nice. Anyway, what about you guys? Catch up, Jamie. Go on. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring it up, but then you brought up Dark, and I thought, actually, maybe I will bring it up in case we can have a fight about it. But I finally watched John Wick 3. Um, oh. oh! Many oh, months, okay. if not years, after the fact. Quality, Did, okay. Didn't, didn't like it. Wow, okay. okay. Um, they all blend together in my brain. I'm trying to think what actually even happens in John Wick 3. So John Wick 3 is the one where, at the end of John Wick 2, he is declared excommunicado for killing, oh. for killing yeah. someone in the, in the hotel. And yeah. he has a huge bounty put on his head, which means fucking every single hobo in the planet with a mobile phone <laughs> from 1990 now knows that there's a price on John Wick's head and they go to get him. And without going into spoilers, he basically tries to work his way back into the good books by teaming up with Halle Berry and then going oh, to right, going, he goes to the desert and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, 
Can I can I interject quickly? Because yeah, when I when I saw this on Netflix, because I missed yeah. it in the cinema, and then I, I picked it up on Netflix, and when I was watching it, um, I was kind of live tweeting you guys as I was watching it, wasn't I? And I was like, oh, actually, guys, this is pretty fucking cool. This is pretty dope. It seems yeah. like they've gone away from the kind of things that they were trying to do in in John Wick Two of like building out this world in a really weird way with like the operators with all these fucking tattoos and shit and just gone more more to like the John Wick 1 style. And I maintained that true for the first half hour of that film. <laughs> Dude, and then yeah, after like that, I fucking it. took a nosedive and went straight I, I, back yeah. into the I fucking I couldn't weirdness. agree more. I think the first hour of John Wick 3 is some of the best John Wick that John Wick right? can, has Dude, to offer. He gets that shotgun in, the, in like maybe 20 minutes, half an hour into the movie. He's got the shotgun. He's just fucking popping people's heads. Fucking great. Yep. I liked the scene in the almost like an antiques house filled with different yeah. knives and axes and swords. The final kill in right. that, where he throws the axe across the room to the guy who's at the front. Yeah, uh, yeah some of that. Cool. The, the, the action is still on point throughout. There's the, some great the action. Time. Well, yeah. the action is nearly on point. I will say again, not trying yeah. to go into spoiler territory. The first shootout where he's teamed up with Halle Berry and they're fighting. It's a pistol based, a gun based shootout for yeah. um, about five minutes. I thought it was atrocious. I really thought it was poorly done. I thought, like, this is a dude who did The Matrix. I kept thinking back to The Matrix and how old that film is now and thinking, like, this is just badly done. I even thought that a lot of the... Because a lot of the blood splatters and spurts were digitally done. I even thought a lot of them looked really bad. Interesting. I I, I don't recall it bothering me. I might have have been overreacting because by this point I thought they're leaning into the parts of John Wick I didn't like, and I think that's my main takeaway. I think, again, I'll talk around it, but anyone who's seen John Wick 3 will know what I'm talking about when I say, by the time he gets to the desert, I was like, oh, are dude, we the- really doing this? Yeah, that <laughs> Is this what John Wick is now? That desert stuff was dog shit. Big time yeah. dog shit. But yeah, whatever. I, I like the fact that the main the main villain in it is the, the fucking Iron Chef dude. Oh, that I forget what he's called. Mark something, maybe? Oh, the big, big bald guy, yeah. And he, yeah. his character ends up being kind of interesting, like when... I liked it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's just actually like a John Wick fanboy who's really excited to have the opportunity to try and kill him. I, I'll um, tell you, also, the one thing I didn't like about it was kind of where they left the ending. I just felt that there was a bit... I can't actually remember how the end... How the end so I, I could now. say it, but I don't know if... I feel, I feel like I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, I, should we should we do like a thirty second warning? No, 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 no. no, no. Let's just let's just not. Let's, 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 let's just say there's a bit of a double cross that initially you think it wasn't a double cross, but then it turns out to be maybe it was a pure double cross, and then that's just how they ended yeah. it. And, and, and let's I just, say I didn't I didn't felt that that was like it just uh, it, it's okay for shit to come out of nowhere and for twists to happen, but that twist just so much came out of nowhere and was so incongruous to. Uh, the mm. characters involved and I didn't I didn't I didn't, I didn't see I didn't think it was a twist I think that person knew what they were doing interesting that was my interpretation of it but basically okay. let's I'll just say this Jonesy there might be an in-universe explanation for bulletproof suits there is not an in-universe explanation <laughs> for surviving a fall off the top of a skyscraper that's all I'll say that's all <laughs> oh, I'll say right oh yeah yeah, yeah. oh uh, no okay uh, yeah totally I, t- I remember it now I remember don't, it. Matter, don't yeah, care how many objects I'm, you hit on the way down you're dead <laughs> <laughs> I was I was actually going to flag up the bulletproof suits thing I hated I absolutely hated that yeah. because you can't have in my head you can't have a universe where you've got yeah bulletproof suits and you go like they're basically in impervious to any bullets yet you can still then keep shooting at them to, and it's they still act like they're kind of getting um 
affected by it to slow them down yeah. enough so you can see it's like car come on man and then they chop and change whether or not it has any impact like shoot them in the head um, that really annoyed me yeah. the whole scene yeah. and it could have been a really cool scene like it could have been and cool, do you know what the worst thing is I guess uh, don't get me wrong like as an overall trilogy I do really enjoy those films yeah um, but the first one I think did a lot to kind of make me feel that way and the first one was, I, I think when it came out it was like everything was plausible Right, that I was. Yeah, they could exist in it, our. It could world. exist in our world, and and yeah. a lot of the the action was like realistic looking to a point where maybe it was look, looked a bit hyper realistic, right? But then when they went into John Wick two and they started expanding this underworld with this like comic booky kind of element to it, I was like, you know, I'm here for the action. I'm not here for this fucking fleshed out underworld. But see, like, I, I found two two. I I thought the action and the the killing stuff was too much in two. Oh, so for, good. For dude. me, it was, give, give me it, was, it was non, I needed, the, I needed a little bit of a breather at points. So I came out of that screen and was like, well, cause we, we watched John Wick two with um, Keanu Reeves in the, in the cinema. Yeah, we, we did. We went to London to sit. John, well, when you say it like that, wicked. it sounds like he was sat next to us. Like we, no, went, to, just like, we yeah. went to a screening that he introduced. Yeah. yeah, we didn't. I, saw, I watched. I watched the Hitman's Bodyguard with Samuel L. Jackson and he was like three, he was like three people away. And at the end of the at the end of the screening, I swear he gave my wife the eye. <laughs> she was like, she went afterwards. She went, that was weird. And I went, what? And she went, I'm pretty sure uh, Samuel L. Jackson just gave me a bit of a sexy yeah. look. It's like Mace Windu wants to do me. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I'm sure he didn't. And she was like, it's really creeped me out. Like he remi- she, she always says he reminds her a bit of a. Uh, she he reminds her a bit of her dad. And so oh. she's like, that's really made me feel super weird. Funny. That, Which is, that that, is really for some weird. reason that reminded me of one of my favorite jokes and did you ever guys ever see game night yeah yes um, yeah, yeah. the the bit where the dude finds out that his wife had slept with a celebrity when she was younger and he wants to know which celebrity it is and the big twist was that it was denzel washington and then there's like a flashback <laughs> sequence where you see her and it's like oh they've got a denzel washington lookalike to play denzel but this joke is actually in the movie. No, she just thought this dude was yeah. Denzel and went along <laughs> yeah, with it. Yeah. She got it wrong. That's great. She spent her whole it. life thinking she fucked Denzel and she just fucked a random Some dude. dude who looked like him. Yeah, man, that's horrendous. Um, All right, cool. What else? What else? Yeah. What else? Come on, James. I'll, ra- I'll rattle through it. I played the first game that I've played off that big uh, itch.io collection of games that were oh, yeah, yeah. sold as the part of a bundle for Black Lives Matter and all that other stuff, uh, which was a short hike which was exactly as advertised. It was a very short hike. It's kind of this isometric uh, pixel art style adventure where you're essentially making your way up a mountain, interacting with NPCs. It's kind of got quirky Donut County style dialogue where everyone kind of talks like quote unquote funny accounts on Twitter talk. Um, And you're collecting golden feathers and each golden feather allows you to jump slightly more often and climb higher uh, walls and cliff faces. It was charming, and for reasons I won't get into, it kind of was weirdly touching in a weird way. I, I'll talk to you guys about it afterwards, but yeah, like there's some weird stuff at the end of that game that I kind of that got to me. Um, okay, okay. But um, the other thing I've been playing a lot of in the last week uh, randomly is Prey. Um, oh, okay. okay, interesting. Prey 2017, I guess it was not Prey as opposed to Prey 2005. Yeah. Sure, um, sure. Uh, because I still think that, and I know I've been on record supporting this game before, and I know it has its issues, but I still think that Prey is an extremely impressive and under-discussed game. Um, 
especially if you're into that vein of the System Shock, Bioshock style yeah. RPG. So is this is this um, off the back of you having? Because I remember last time you said you watched the uh, Arcane documentary on exactly Clips channel. I did watch that, and I, I downloaded Dishonored two. And then I also downloaded Prey, and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to give Prey a rattle because I'm familiar with it. I just think Prey's first hour is really solid, like in terms of a story setup, in terms of how it introduces that world, and also in ter- in terms of creating an enemy design, a really basic enemy design that is able to turn any normal situation into a suspenseful one. Yeah. Do, I, I don't know if people know what I'm talking about, but essentially the most common enemy in that game is called a mimic. And if you imagine a spider that's the size of a cat, with the caveat being that they can turn into any object in the world that's not pinned down. So if you imagine an office situation, the chair, the the uh, the mug, a pencil, uh, a, a scrunched up piece of paper, a bin, any object that's like not tied to the environment, they can turn into that and mimic it, and they become that. So you're going into these... And when you see them, they do what spiders do. They scuttle away and mimic mm. into something else. So it's <laughs> kind of like you created an enemy type that just by its very nature creates this kind of, is that what I think it is? Is that really what it looks like? And you're going up to like a chair and hitting a chair with a wrench. <laughs> Are you a fucking spider? Um, so yeah, I, I, I really like that game. Nice. Very nice. And then you're going to get on Dishonored 2. Dishonored 2 is cool, dude. Well, maybe, but at the time of recording, we are, I'm not good at maths, but like 10 hours away from Ghost of Tsushima, nine, uh, nine and a half hours. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing with my evening. Check so out next week's pod. Pick it up, you're going to pick it up and launch. We, you, you had asked me this before the, um, before the podcast. I said I, yes. I wasn't going to get it because I've got to finish. I've got to finish last. I can't have so many games on the, on the boil at the same time. I've got to finish last I get part two. Because if I get this game, then I'm not going to finish either of them. Lads, rather just lads, focus. lads, lads. I'll take the bullet on Ghost of Tsushima. Everyone tune in to everyone tune into next week's episode and we'll give you the full lowdown. I know nice. we missed the review embargo by like three days, but that's because we're not important yet. But with your help, maybe one day we'll get there. <laughs> hey, I I, one I, day. I, I emailed uh, uh, Sucker Punch and I was like, dudes, you know, hey. we'll, we'll we'll review this game if you want to send it. And they didn't send it, so you guys aren't getting a review. You gotta go through PlayStation for that shit. PlayStation yeah. are the uh, the well, arbiters of our fate. I did go through PlayStation, and guess what? They ignored me, so... PlayStation always ignore us. PlayStation ignored us at ATG. And apart from Death Stranding, weirdly enough, where they were like, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, cool. You, uh, you... So what do, you, what, do you, what do you think, Jamie? You want to you play that game, and then maybe that will be our first stab at a review? I'd be, yeah, sure, I'd be happy to do that. I mean, you've got to strike while the iron's hot with reviews. So it's funny, I was talking to um, our very own Matt Towie just the yeah. other night. And he was asking me what I thought about The Last of Us 2. And I kind of had to go, oh, yeah, what do I think about The Last of Us 2? <laughs> because one month in gaming, like, it's never as good as when it's fresh. So, hey, if yeah, I can... But, but, but having said that, I would say that there are, there are YouTubers that I watch mm. that don't have access, like we don't have access, or that never had access like the access we used to have at ATG, even though we didn't really have a lot of access at ATG. Um where they still review the games, but they are in the situation where we are, where like they'll buy the game when it comes out, they'll play the game for as much as they need to play the game and finish it, and then they'll think of how to do a review, and then they'll do a review. And I actually look forward to those reviews more. There's a lot to be said for that as well, because you're never then beholden to the company, and you're never... I mean, I'm not saying that people are who get early release copies, but there is always going to be that line of, if you give a bad review to a to someone who 
let's say it was a PlayStation um, specific game, are they worried that they're not going to get access to the next one because they give a bad review? And I I kind of feel there's sort of a a weird honesty to channels like ours that don't have access because we have the luxury of being like that. Well, here's here's an interesting and a bit of a plug that he he most certainly doesn't need. One of the um, YouTubers that I was alluding to, his name is Veranton, who is this uh, Chinese-German does his reviews in English, but I, I really like his style. I really like his content. And I'm looking forward to his Last of Us review, which as of recording is not dropped and I don't think it's going to be dropping anytime soon. Um, but mm. his last video was very interesting in terms of like saying all game reviews are dishonest inherently, even if they don't mean to be. I, I, I would highly suggest watching that video because it is actually the, the, the stuff that he talks about, I wholeheartedly agree with. Interesting. It's interesting you say it because there was actually a video that I was going to share with you boys because we had a conversation about 10 out of 10 games. Yeah. And I think there's um, uh, a, a journal from um, IGN, Alana Pay- Peace. Alana Pierce. Pace, I think her name Pierce. is. Pierce. Pierce. That's it. <laughs> Alana she Pace. Did, did you see her? Sorry, I can't remember her name. Did you see the video she did about the 10 out of 10s and what they actually mean? Yeah. I don't know if you guys yeah. saw it. I saw, I saw I it, it was going really around, but I didn't watch it. I s- no, I thought it was good and very interesting. I think, I think her take was quite similar to your, to your take, Jamie. Well, my yeah, my take, my take in that conversation was based on the fact, like, a lot of people don't know this, but IGN actually have a public available reviews policy. They've yeah. written out their thing. It's like, hey, for anyone yeah. that doesn't understand, this is what our reviews mean. And in that, they say what 10 out of 10 means to them. And that's yeah, and one I of think, the things I that I was... Kind of, was... Because the argument... That but she goes wider than just IGN. She talks about it in the general sense. But yeah, she she yeah. agrees with your position on 10 out of 10, I think. I think, I, interesting I think everyone agrees. I think I don't think anyone out here is really like crossing their arms saying, IGN think it's a perfect game. Most people agree <laughs> that everyone else agrees that there's no such thing as a perfect game. Yeah, uh, but yeah, for sure. Then it becomes this weird thing of like, if you say a 10 out of a 10 is impossible, then a 9 out of 10, beca- does that a 9 out of 10 become a 10 out of 10? I'm not actually trying to start <laughs> that conversation because <laughs> no, then I'm this would enough. be a four-hour podcast. We could do a whole <laughs> yeah, podcast geez. just about that. But Yeah, and yeah. we're already about like 45 minutes in. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I, on just what you're saying, Chris, Angry Joe's another one who, because of the way he produces yeah. his content, his reviews always come out after the fact. And I actually remember in the Last of Us 2 discourse, a lot of people going, oh, I can't wait for Angry Joe, I can't wait for Angry Joe, <laughs> because they know that, given his name, he's probably going to be angry about it. Well, yeah. So well, this, is the, this is the point I'm getting at, right? Like, yes, it's it's good to kind of strike while the iron is hot, but if if you if you don't set the precedent of saying, oh, I'm reviewing the game on the day that it comes out, and you just say, you know what, I'm going to be, I'm going to have an opinion that you're going to want to seek, then people will wait for that opinion. And I think that's why we don't have to worry too much. If we wanted to do reviews in a typical super show fashion, you know, we don't necessarily have to worry about time is, is Is this your way of telling us that your Super Mario Odyssey review is going to drop next week? <laughs> yeah. Super Mario, I mean, Ga- Super Mario Galaxy Part 2 review coming next week. <laughs> I must admit, I'm, I'm one of those people that waits. Um, to I buy a game, play it, and when I'm playing it, I watch reviews of the game from other people. Yeah, same. Because I, I, that's entertainment, of like uh, as far as I'm concerned, and I watch people that aren't necessarily the magazine sort of run-of-the-mill yeah. people because I want to get their take on the game yeah. and to see what they thought. So J- Jamie, Jamie pulled a face at you saying that, but I completely agree with you. I do the same thing because yeah. I just want to, I want to, it, it, I'm not necessarily looking for confirmation bias, but I want to see as many kind of opinions to what I'm experiencing rather than without having played the game, being finding out. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, of course. Mm. I, I, I'd say, so for example, let's say when I'm playing um, Cyberpunk, I know that I will probably watch a number of reviews even when I start playing the game because I'm also consuming entertainment surrounding the game. And if I watch multiple reviews with multiple takes where they talk about different elements, as, as long as they're not spoiling it because I don't want to see spoilers, but it's kind of scratching an itch that I have for that game yeah. that I can enjoy because I know they won't be full of spoilers and it's going to be kind of broad range as well whilst also... Um, ex- like kind of exciting myself for the things I have to come yet in the game as well. So it's like, it, it kind of like, um, it fits a lot of the entertainment itches that I have, sorry, scratches a lot of the entertainment itches that I have and it works quite well and it's not spoilerific and you can enjoy it. And yeah. Jamie's still, I know, is like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> but I, yeah, well, I, I think we're I, on the same page. I kind of get what you're coming from, sort of. Like, I guess <laughs> there's a part of me that thinks like, let's take Cyberpunk as an example because where well, you just mentioned it. If yeah. I'm playing Cyberpunk and I watch a review and they say something negative that I hadn't noticed yet but subconsciously agreed with, and I go, oh, yeah. Is that really, I, I guess, and this is a, not me a rhetorical question, I actually don't know, is that really a negative opinion that I had and would have discovered myself or is someone making me realise something that I didn't know I didn't like and wouldn't have disliked without their input? I don't know. Right, it's a weird one. No, I don't know. It's a fair like, point. point. Like when I was playing The Last of Us 2, I watched all the reviews when the embargo dropped because the embargo dropped a week before the game came out. And so yeah, sure. I'd already taken on a lot of other people's opinions. So I'm definitely not opposed to the idea of that, you know, whether you're watching them while you're playing or before you're playing, you're still going to take on those opinions in some way, shape, or form. But I didn't have an urge when I stopped playing The Last of Us 2 to go and watch some random as Last of Us 2 review for some reason. I just didn't, didn't have. I don't know. If I've stopped playing it, then I won't watch a review. Then I'll watch like a um, more like a an opinion piece on it. I'll but tell I think you, when I'm playing it, I, I, I'm safer. I I'll tell you one thing I did do actually when I was halfway through the Last of Us Two, kind of what you were saying about Jonesy. I watched you stream it because I was like <laughs> Jonesy's ten oh, yeah, Jonesy's yeah. ten hours behind me, so I can re-experience things yeah. and I know I'm, it's not going to be spoiled and blah blah blah. And, and see what he thought about specific scenes that you had. Uh, uh, yeah. a certain reaction to, right? Like good or bad. And then it's like, oh, I wonder how Jonesy's going to react to this happening or that. That's kind of the, that's the feeling, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Just different ways of going about getting it. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Jonesy, what? Uh... I'll keep mine brief. I've been, um, I've been playing some more Last of Us 2. What a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's um, nice. But you haven't been streaming it. No, I so I stopped streaming it be, um, because my the times I was playing it started to get quite erratic. Um, I had a lot of other stuff going on, and it started to get like like twelve o'clock at night or like nine for half an hour, and it was it was such a small bit. It was, I was like, it's a bit um, seems almost pointless. Like if I can't um, um, commit to streaming for more than like an hour, I won't do it. So yeah. I managed to squirrel away like half an hour, forty five minutes, an hour, and I was just trying to get squirrel like, get away. A bit. Yes, buddy. That's exactly. A, that's a lot um, of nuts. I've had less time to sort of sit down and commit. Um, and then, that, which leads me to my second game that I've played some of. Um, there's a second game? There is. So I tw- oh. actually tweeted about this, and there's a specific reason why, because I couldn't... So as we've said loads of times, the people without kids are probably really bored of. I have kids, Chris has kids as well. And so as when you've got that situation with a game like Last of Us 2, you cannot play it in front of them. You, because oh, my no four-year-old yeah. will go, why did you just chop that person's head off? Or why did you just kill that dog and make <laughs> it... That's not happening. I don't want to deal with those questions. So... Um, uh, but but I have been watching that I hadn't I haven't managed to watch yet the Witcher TV series. Oh yeah um, yeah yeah it's good. And Jesus Christ that is a great show. Yeah. And it is also it's even better when you are someone who's played the game um, or knows RPGs in general because there are little tiny tidbits that are hidden throughout that series that 
um, uh, probably you wouldn't notice maybe if you're not an RPG player or you haven't played Witcher because there's things like Geralt will be well, he goes to fight something and then just as he's about to fight it he's like Jesus Christ because it's like some scary big monster <laughs> and he'll step back pull a little potion out of his pocket take a swig and then go running in and yeah. if you played the game you know it's because it's, um, it's one of those RPGs that deals with you know you've got a certain um, um, elemental attacks like magic and things you've got oils that you can put on your blade you've got um, potions that you can drink Jonesy, Jonesy just, just to interject here you've reminded me of something right because uh, some news dropped that they're going to be making a Fallout 4 well, not, well a Fallout uh, TV series I think on yes. Am- I think on Amazon and you just reminded me actually that would be really cool because in the Fallout one in typical Bethesda fashion you'll be fighting something you'll go on low health and then I wonder how they're going to do it in the TV show where time pauses and you just eat a whole bunch of potatoes and mentats (laughs) and just fucking get high off your tits and then go back into the action and you're just this like super roided up thing and just absolutely demolish a fucking Yuga or whatever they were fucking called. I I will watch that show on one condition and one condition only. Yeah. Is if at some point in the series there is a shootout wherein a mysterious stranger wearing a long coat and a hat (laughs) steps in, fires one shot and then mysteriously disappears again. That would be that, sick if that happened. That's, that's the sort of thing they have to do. Yeah, th- those those are the little nods. It probably wouldn't be like front of camera, but yeah, like Jonesy said, like at the back back of a scene, it just happens, and he's like, "Oh yeah. shit, yeah," you know. But so, so the thing, and what's weird about the Witcher TV series is when I played The Witcher Three, I didn't know what a Witcher was, and I found it kind of odd to jump into a game where. I wasn't quite sure. And it doesn't really get, it's not handholdy. And it says like, this is what a witcher is. This is how a witcher behaves. A witcher is a monster hunter who's kind of doesn't really care about um, the goings on of people and politics. They're there to do a specific job. They're, they're a Van Helsing. If you like, they roll in, kill a monster and then piss off. Um, And I found that kind of odd because I wanted to play that game with kind of like a moral compass So interestingly, I have reinstalled the witcher (laughs) three. Okay. Because I had a game-breaking bug, which I couldn't finish the game back in yeah. the day. Um, I've talked about this before, I think. Yeah, I think, um, I think they've sub- literally last week. Oh, maybe. But they've subsequently fixed it. <laughs> um, and I'd ne- but I'd never gone back in um, in any meaningful way. So I, But then I went back, and it's one of the games that I can do bits while the kids are about. Did you, without, did you like, pick up in the your, your previous save? I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm pretty close to the to the third act of the game, which is where the, the game broke and I couldn't go any further. Um that they've now fixed and I now can and I've got past that point. Um and but then I did have one interaction in the game where having watched the TV show, I did the interaction differently. Oh, okay, interesting. And it actually worked much better for me than I would have done in the past. Um okay. which I was like it. it was a it was a dialogue option where you basically have a a guy says that he admits that he's a horrendous person and used to go around killing and pillaging and stuff. And you can say like, oh, I'm going to fight you to, to get what I want from you. Or you can say, I don't care about you. Give me what I want. And if you go, I don't care about you. Give me what I want. It works. And it give, it takes you to through to that quest much more quickly. Right. Yeah. You don't have to fight all these dudes. Nice. So yeah. So I, so that's cool. So I've been playing, I've been playing the Witcher three a little bit. Watching the Witcher, playing the Witcher. I like it. Yeah, but no, Last of Us has been the main one still, and I've, I'm I'm on my way to completing that, and I can't. I'm psyched still to do the spoiler cast. So, um, yes, yeah, like I said, and you, that's you, me. You're totally going to beat me, dude. I, uh, I, mean, I hope it, so. In, in, unless I take like two or three days out of next week and just fucking oh, and just pump, hammer it. Yeah, just pump through it. Oh, one other thing I did share with you guys, and this made me laugh when you were talking about Minecraft, Chris, is because obviously I've been playing. I've been playing a lot of Minecraft as well. Yeah. Um, 
I forgot to mention that. So I've been playing on our realm on PC, but also you can get onto your phone. The phone version is the same as the PC version is like for free. So you don't have to buy it on your phone, which is weird because you have to buy it. Obviously if you're on a switch or if you're on a PlayStation, you have to buy multiple versions of this of Minecraft. Um, but what I did do the other day was I, my four-year-old wanted to play Minecraft, so he jumped on my PC and started playing it. And what made me laugh, Chris, is he's probably played more Minecraft than you. Yeah, and it's like his first ever PC game that he's ever played. So, and he and he asked me yesterday if he could play some more. So I was like, That's okay. Cool. That's cool. What's worrying is all he likes to do is chop animals with his axe. Mm. <laughs> oh, it was the same with the same with my younger like brothers. Thing. Yeah, same with my he younger brothers. He just runs around going hack it, and he just chops stuff. Oh, one of what my younger brother was like. Probably maybe a little bit older than Max, actually, when he got Minecraft on the iPad that he was allowed to use. And you'd let him play for like half an hour, an hour, and you'd go and look at his inventory, and it was just raw meat. Just straight up raw <laughs> meat and leather. And you're like, you fucking weird little freak. To be fair, I mean, I killed two animals in the... <laughs> you did the same thing. The one and a half hours or so that I was in the game. So yeah, I, mean, nice. yeah, I get it, you know. Uh, but yeah, if, if it's worth noting that if anyone wants to... Um, see what our realm looks like uh check out the vod on my on my twitch where's that chris what is your what's your it's a twitch, twitch channel twitch.tv forward slash hot panic i believe you've got a, a twitch channel as well alex jones uh what is it i have mine is twitch.tv forward slash super show jonesy although i haven't been on there much recently so um i need to get back on I, i've got a question for you guys actually before we move into the into the new section and fucking rattle through it so we can we can not have a two-hour podcast um do you oh, we're well on our way. <laughs> yeah, we are well on our way. Do you think that I should change my my Twitter handle and and maybe my my um hmm what is it at, what panic. is it at the moment? It's Chris Chris J, J, Chris Mono. J Mono. Uh, I think change it. I do you know what I reckon. Change it. Think so. Hot panic is. I like hot panic. Can you get can can you get straight up hot panic on its own? Uh I might be able to. You better uh, check before panic. this podcast goes live. <laughs> yeah, because someone's. Like, I checked it. Can, yes. I, can I be? I'm going to be really rude, and I'm yeah. going to grab a can of Coke because I can see them over there on my side, and I'll be oh, right back. Go and wow, going to. We promise we won't talk smack about. Do you, you. know what? Do you know what that's rough oh, about really? that, Chris? Is I also yeah. have a can of Coke in my vicinity, and now I really want to go and get one, but I'm going to stay professional because Jonesy's already. Apologies. Back. Nah, just go. Just go I'm and do back. it. I'll tell you, go and do it, Jamie, and I'll, I'll quickly check if Hot Panic is is available. There you go. Now you have to live podcast, live MC. Sorry, I ran out of I ran out of Coke Zero about half an hour ago, and I've got a dry ass mouth, so I need some drink. You know, you know what I do, Jonesy? I've actually taken to buying boxes of thirty cans. I did that for the first time, actually. It's it's so much cheaper. It's it's crazy. It's a good idea, mate. It's a very good idea. All right, hold on. Settings. Account uh, username. I'm gonna quickly get hot panic. <laughs> on Twitter. That's the thing. I thought because. Even though not a huge amount of people watch or listen to this, the it's, chances it's available. are at least one it's available. of them. Should, should I do it? If you're, I uh, kind of, I think so. I, I kind of think it's a good idea, but just straight up hot panic. Yeah, I think. I think. I think if you can get at hot panic, even for other reasons, you should get it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, li- I like. Well, you could to remember. You, uh, you could create. A, you could create a new account and take hot panic on that, and then close that account when you need it if you want to change your name. But you want you want that app, even if you want to change your mind about it six months in the future. You want that. You want it. Uh, you know what? I'm going to do it. But okay, I'm going to do it. But the problem is that all the other previous podcasts are pointing to at Chris J Mono. We all had to bite that bullet at some point. I changed my yeah. name a couple of months ago. Jonesy right. did his. All right, username's been updated, boys. Wow, we did it, folks! Live on the air. 
Well, I do not believe live. that's a, that's a world first uh, Twitter change uh, on <laughs> oh, podcast. Here's so. an interesting question though, and this is more for Josie than anyone else because he's editing. Does your handle change halfway through? Oh, I like <laughs> or, that. or is it or is it the new one from the start? Because that no, might reckon, be a spoiler. It's the new one from the start. But, but if I recall sp- from when when this is really probably fucking boring for people listening. But if I recall when when Jonesy changed his, um, if you added him at his previous handle, it would still go to his new handle. I think it, right. it's almost like it gets reserved for you. I don't know for how long, but there you go. All right. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about the news because uh, last week, unfortunately, as is the usual case, very close to us putting up our last podcast ubisoft had their ubisoft forward conference in place of what would traditionally be their e3 conference um there was a lot of kind of hype for it because uh we know a lot of ubisoft games coming out and just before it did come out there were some rumors about far cry 6 um so it it had it had a lot of potential let's just put it that way to be a a, we we did a live watch along with our patreon yes we did and another benefit of of joining the patreon uh, yeah, we we did a live watch along in the voice chat uh, on Discord with our patrons. Uh, lots of uh, giggles and laughter was had. Uh, but yeah, let, 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 let's run through it in the order that um, stuff was shown, okay? Because there are some notable things missing, okay? But let, let's lay it out here, okay? So they started off the whole thing with a, a, a fairly hefty look at Watch Dogs Legion, right? Which... Uh, Currently, it's slated to be coming out on October 29th. It's already been delayed, so I would imagine that this would be pretty much set in stone. Um, and they did have two little addendums to that, which would be coming soon to next gen, but with no hard confirmation. And also that uh, Phil Spencer came on and saying that smart delivery will be available for Watch Dogs Legion, which means if you buy it on uh, Xbox One S or X, that it would be available on the Series X as well as a free upgrade i believe so yes it, i i called it from the very start of the talk of this new fucking generation i'm gonna fucking blog that horse until the day's done but yeah watch dogs legion what did you guys think um i i do you know what it's a, it's a very cool concept that we it's been around for such a long time now i think we were laughing in the discord saying how they've been talking about this game for such a long time and that you almost get to the point where do I care anymore? Like you keep talking about it, but, but Watch Dogs was, was an all right first entry, a much improved second entry and odds on the third one is actually going to be pretty good. And the concept that they've got where you can effectively change characters um, yeah. to anyone or to, to, you know, nearly any different type that you meet in the world. And we learned during the forward that you, you gain specific skills and attributes based on the characters that you select yeah. or that you recruit into your sort of seat, um, your, your legion um, who have, so they can get access to different areas or they have, you know, some, you've got drone pirates, pirates, drone pilots that you can um, get join you and you can control, or you can be a, a granny is the one everyone always laughs about. Maybe the granny's got certain places <laughs> yeah. or things she can do. That is a wicked idea. Like I love that as a concept. Um, but the, it's been it's been touted for so long and has been delayed, and it's such an odd time for this game to be coming out that I yeah. really want to I do really want to play it. I I'm not going to lie, like I don't think that game looked bad. I think it looked good. I think it looked fun. But at the same time, that's such a rough release date. October 29th is too close to Assassin's Creed because I would definitely want to get Assassin's Creed. Yeah, it's too close to um, Cyberpunk. Um, well, well, there's there's something that I noticed about this this 
the whole presentation about this Ubisoft Forward. Uh, because they did say that they're having another one towards the end of the year, and you, you'll see why as we get to it, because there's some stuff missing that they probably should have discussed. Um, but what's interesting is a lot of the stuff that they talked about in this one is stuff that's coming out relatively soon. Call, sure. it, call it within half a year. And I, yeah, I, surprisingly I soon. In some cases, it's like surprising yeah, that with, so with, Basically, with yeah. one exception. With one exception, but I think even that's like just just shy of, of exactly. half a year, right? Exactly. And, and I think what's going to happen for the next Ubisoft forward is going to be, okay, well, this is the stuff that's going to come out much later. Um, so this <laughs> shouldn't be forward. This should be like, like I don't know what's sooner than forward, but the next one should be going forward. And this well, no, this, if this one's forward, the other one's fast forward because it's fucking way down. Oh, I like it. Ah, Clever. Right, but I was watching Watch Dogs Legion and, and I was like, okay, you know what? This, this looks decent. I've never been into Watch Dogs. Um, I did feel that some of the humor was very watchdogs, which I don't personally kind of get. Um, but as I was watching and they were showing through the different scenarios, they're like, oh, you could go as a builder. And then there's this fucking builder. looks like he's wearing a fake beard. I don't know why games do this. It just doesn't look right. Um, hitting people over the head with a fucking giant monkey wrench. Okay, fine. Then they showed off this like assassin that almost had like, I don't know if you guys ever remember that game, Ruiner. Or even um, Zero from uh, Borderlands 2. Yep. Um, they had an assassin that kind of looked like that. And I was just thinking to myself, fuck, the, the way that this assassin is moving and it's looking, funny enough, very John Wick is what I thought. And I just thought to myself, fuck, man, this game, would this game not just be better if it just focused on this fucking assassin and just made all of these assassin moves as good as they can be? Because what I'm getting from Watch Dogs Legion at the moment is like, yeah, you can play as any character, but playing as any character is not going to feel as smooth as just playing one character that's just like fully fucking developed and rounded out right it's almost like a jack of all trades master of none kind of situation that i'm concerned about with some with a game like this I, I, go on jamie what do you reckon i was i think that's a reasonable concern like it's completely understandable to imagine hey this is a studio and a group of studios and a publisher that have a history with creating third-person action-adventure games like this but like you said chris focusing on one character yeah. and one skill set and one move set and one animation set, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. And now they have to make a granny feel as good as an assassin feel as good <laughs> as what have you. And maybe that is difficult. But yeah. at the same time... Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I think I think it's really fucking good that they're experimenting. And I, yeah. I definitely and, like and, the uh, fact that this is a different kind of take on this kind of thing. And like, I, I just kind of want to reserve judgment on that. Like, I get where you're coming from. And I think it's a reasonable point to make. But I, at the same time, I do still want to give them the benefit of the doubt for trying something exciting. Yeah. New, yeah. I don't know. I've got the, I, I kind of think um, they needed to do something. And I, I think if you'd have got, so you, in the first Watch Dogs, you kind of had the brooding computer whiz. Yeah, what was his name? The se- Aiden or something. Aiden Pierce. Right. In the second one, you kind of had the hacker kid, like the film Bloody Hackers with Angelina Jolie. Like it was just straight out of that. Yeah. And then in the third one, if they'd have gone, you're now super spy, I would I would have been like, come on, I'm out. I'm so out that's because this sounds like an point. awful regression even if they said but the the fluid and the the, the combat's fluid uh, yeah. fluid and all this i would still have hated the idea but the way that they've said no now you are everyone like not literally everyone but you can you know you are, yeah, you are yeah, a yeah. group of people and you can infiltrate in this many different ways and you can a- approach things from this many different um perspectives I, I love i think a concept is wicked also the fact that it for once in a game if you die 
you don't have to have some ham-fisted way of going, oh, you didn't really die, because they often try and go, oh, right, there's yeah. a res machine where you are brought back to life or, or you know, this, or you just deal with it and go, hey, you're dead. But in this, it'd be quite funny because that character will die. I yeah. imagine they, yeah. that'll but be it's, it. Gone. It's a, you have a choice, so there's you can turn permadeath on, but I think the more lenient option is they are basically right. timed out for a certain amount of time, and then you can recruit medics and people who work in the okay. health line of work to reduce the cooldown on people who die. <laughs> I'm I'm going I'm going hard on permadeath, man. I love yeah. that as an idea in a game. Like you've got a character, like let's say it's the spy, and you try and go in guns blazing, they die. You permadeath on, they're dead, and you then have to deal with it in a different different yeah. way. You, I, you I think that's cool. that, that's that's the kind of roguelike elements that I, I like about gaming. Um, I, I got a question for both of you because one thing that I absolutely hated about all of this, and and I hate it when when game devs do this, and I'm really interested to get your opinion on it actually. Um. So obviously it's set in London, okay, and it, it looks pretty London. kind of London. I'm from London, man, and um, it, it looks pretty accurate. Like looking at Camden Lock and all that shit, it looks pretty fucking looks cool. Because I've like it's one of those times where it's like, oh fuck, I've been there. That is what it looks like. That's how it feels. But what I didn't like about it was just the fucking characterization of all of these like uh, British stereotypes. I guess like the fucking lager lout. And the, the the football the, hooligan, they yeah, had, and just like yeah, like straight and, out of a but, movie. But even like that, um, one of the antagonists, that that drug dealing kingpin woman, and and it's just like right, almost kind of mirroring like Helen Mirren's character in in Fast and the Furious. I, I I just I think it's just so cringe when they put on these like super thick fake British accents. And that's from coming from someone who's not British. And I wonder, I wonder how you guys feel about it. Does it not bother you that much, or do you just think like, oh man, just, just like, why is everyone talking in fucking Cockney? You know. Well, I don't know. It doesn't bother me that much. I, 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 they are stereotypes. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But sometimes they're stereotypes that are grounded, like all stereotypes, to a certain extent, in some kind of realism. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you think about like it. You could show someone a film like Snatch and Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels and say, look at this film. And you could lie to them and say, this was made by an American. Look at all these stereotypes. And they'd be like, yeah, you're right. What are, uh, the people aren't actually like that. But actually, like, no, that was ma- made by people from here, about people from here, because yeah, those yeah. people exist. Well, hold, hold on. It was made by a posh boy about, like... <laughs> common cockney uh, robbers it was not made by anybody from that world who's like close that. close but close enough it wasn't made by an american who sound like oh dick van dyke nailed it let's yeah, but hold, it. On, hold on because watchdogs legion is not made by no I mean, it's I guess, not i guess but the what, creative the creative director hold on, is British, i but. guarantee that like any ubisoft game at the beginning it'll say ubisoft is is a diverse team of people that come <laughs> from a wide ranging of backgrounds and yeah basically like what I, what i'm saying is I don't necessarily care. Do I, would would Watch Dogs be more intr- interesting to me if they, like us three, all live or work or live around London? But what are we? We're just boring, normal white blokes <laughs> with nothing. Like if we were characters in games, we wouldn't be that interesting. Our voices aren't that interesting. Up, like you've got to, you know, 
Well, yeah, look, juice by, by things all, up a little, spice things up all, a little. By bit. all means, ham it up. But when you've got like, all right, love, let's go down to the <laughs> the, the pub and nick some poppers, and it's like, come on, this yeah, is fucking. But then, like, this is, this is London, cool. Londoners sit around, and what do we all watch? We all sit out at night and turn on EastEnders, and EastEnders oh. is just <laughs> a cast. Of, I know you don't, but again, like one of the most popular soap operas in the entire no, country, know, set in London, it's a bunch of old women going, "Oh, hello, well, I'm a lunch lady," um, <laughs> like. We're from London, and we can do an impression of what Watchdogs Legion says people are from London are like, and I can see what like. So inherently, it is somewhat weird, but I guess well, I just I, don't care that much. I don't I, care. That I, much. I think. Remember when we were saying like, where where would it be cool for Far Cry, the next Far Cry game, to be set in? And I was like, I'd love to see a Far Cry game set in South Africa. But then, if you have, it would be all stereotypes of yeah, like anyone you could imagine like, from it, here. But but it's almost like yes, those stereotypes exist. But you you've almost taken the stereotype and you fucking cranked it up to eleven when you, you don't necessarily need to. I want to kind of give them a small pass in the sense of because my immediate reaction was that I found a lot of it like super lazy writing. So the the football hooligan was one of the worst because I think that's that's an image of like a probably like a seventies and eighties football hooligan pushed through it, the nineties. Yeah, it's like it's like Green Street hooligans meets fucking exactly, um, Oasis, yeah. right? Like. That kind, but a lot of that kind of um, that kind of stereotype football hooligan was didn't really exist as much in like the noughties, but because but it but films and TV and stuff made it popular again. Right. So because I don't know if people there was a lot of problems with like in the I think it was the eighties and seventies. I'm not sure where they had kind of issues with that sort of football hooliganism. But at the same time, I am going to give them a pass because because you can play as any or a whole ver- a whole range of characters. They need to use stereotypes because they have such a short amount of time to make an impact yeah. about who that character is and how to handle them. Yeah, you're Whereas right. with a normal game like a Far Cry, you can spend a game developing a character. So like we saw uh, what was the game where you were you were ragging on the uh, the soccer mum in a spacesuit because you were like, <laughs> Oh, that she looks that looks like a boring character. But they have a whole game where they can develop her as a character. Yeah. So they yeah. don't need to rely on like Yeah, and I guess I guess you're right. In in a game where you can play as everyone, everyone needs to kind of stand out from each other. So that's, yeah. a, that's a fair yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah. I also, I, can I just, I really hope that you do get to play as like a YouTuber or an influencer who goes around with headphones on and yeah. is a bit of a twat. Well, okay, <laughs> we weren't going to say this, but just for everyone listening, yes, Jamie is in the game. Mm. Jamie is playable. Guilty as charged. No, I'm not. I regrettably, <laughs> I don't even want to know what my my perks that. and special abilities. Like my, I would have negative perks. You know how in uh, you know in Outer Worlds you get flaws. Like, uh, my character just has flaws. It's like, can only run for five seconds. Great. <laughs> Cheers, game. But it's super strong, overpowered when it comes to strength. <laughs> sure, yeah, but you can only throw three, three punches before he needs to sit down for a little bit. <laughs> I guarantee as well, if you were in this game, you would be the sort of character who yelled at somebody because they brought them the wrong coffee because you asked for a skinny frappa mate and they got you a... I am not a... Di- I, I'm a lot of things, but I'm not one of those kind of divas. No, no, you're not, but I'm saying they would be like this YouTuber influencer... Oh. Uh, they'd add that into your character as a stereotype. Maybe and it wouldn't be like you at all. I think. Right. I, I, I think. Uh, I'll, I'll keep it quick. Sorry, I was just going yeah, yeah, to say that to wrap it up. Then yeah, I think when the game comes out, that stuff will not be as pronounced or as annoying as it has been some of the pre-release material, and that ties into what I think is not just an issue with what Dogs, Watch Dogs Legion, but has been an issue with basically every Watch Dogs game ever, which seems like the marketing department is split in half, and half of them it was the case a little bit in two and much more so with legion half of them don't know whether or not they want it to be this super serious 
post-Brexit, London's in lockdown, join the resistance. Like you guys might have read articles, but they essentially yeah. used a Holocaust poem in that short film. Um, wow. You know that oh, short right. film? So, so if you go back and watch that short film, the voiceover is doing a revised version of the First They Came poem, which was a post-World War II. Right. Okay. Um, oh, yes. I think I like, do, First yeah. They Came for the Socialists and I Did Not Speak Out Because I'm Not a Socialist, that one. It's a very, oh, very, yeah, yeah. very widely used. Um, yeah. Yeah. So people, realize, yeah. people, and then it was like, hey, join the resistance. And then Clint Hawking does his bit and then all of a sudden you cut to gameplay and we get the voiceover of, welcome to London, where this <laughs> old lady is about to punch this man in the foot. And it's like, How? what, what? <laughs> And it basically, yeah, it's almost like the marketing department, there was like, they put a wall down the middle of it. Like, you guys promote this game, you guys promote that game. And it happened with Watch Dogs 2. We watched, do you remember Watch Dogs 2 really tried to tap into the anonymous thing? Where it was like face masks and voice changes and highly visualized videos, stylized videos. And it was like, this is fucking cringe as shit. And then here's Wrench, the dude who wears the Daft Punk mask that has emojis for, and he's like, what the fuck? You play the game, and Roach is a very likable, endearing character who has an arc and has nuance, and much the same as a lot of the other characters in Watch Dogs 2. A much better game than people gave it credit for. I think they're shooting themselves in the foot again by badly promoting this game yeah. and not making it clear, like, what is the tone? What is the balance of, like, humor but serious, heavy gravitas shit? And I think they've got that wrong, and I hope it's funner as Watch Dogs 2 was, than a lot of the promotion material would have you yeah, believe. Yeah, fair enough. Did, did we figure out, because uh, they, they did a they did a thing whereby if you watched the um, the forward on Twitch, oh, yeah, yeah. you got yeah. access they to basically, two. They basically scrapped it because none of their shit was working. So all you have to do now is just click a link and give them, like uh, link your account, you know, if, you, uh, if you've already made one, to this thing and you get it all, basically. Yeah, you need to tell me how to do that afterwards. Someone, someone, sh- someone shared the link too. in the Discord. I can't remember who it was. It, it might have been Cameron. Oh, you know, yeah, someone shared be. the link. But yeah, ba- basically, it's available there if you want it. it yeah, is, is basically what it is. Just have to do it. It's just a couple of clicks and a password. All right, mo- moving on. Okay, because then they showed off some Tom Clancy's Elite Squad, which is their mobile whatever game. Meh, whatever. Who cares? Then they showed <laughs> off Hyperspe- Hyperscape, which is their. Um, we discussed it last week because uh, Jamie, you played it, uh, and Jonesy, you missed out on it. Uh, which is their take on the Battle Royale genre. But it's now available for free in open beta and even comes with a free battle pass, which I think it's cool to give a, a free battle pass to give people a taste of kind of what they can expect from the progression. Always a good idea. Um, but I guess, yeah, that game is pretty much what we said it was last week, mm, which if I, you yeah. want to know what it is, then go watch last week's episode. I haven't gone back to it since it's gone into open beta, and I don't know anyone that has. Yeah. Right. It's unfortunate, but I think it, 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 it's what we said last week. It just seems that they're doing it just to jump onto the Battle Royale genre and try and capitalize on that rather than actually having something to innovate and say about the genre. Yeah. Fair enough. That wasn't the I'm big... gonna I'm going to say that I called it, man. I said that from when yeah. I first saw that game. I was like, this just looks like it's going to... Be not very good. And I think people were like, "Are you kidding? You, you look amazing." I was like, "No, it doesn't." I don't, I'm going to be honest. I don't know who told you. Are you kidding? It looks amazing. I don't think that's one of those I called it moments. <laughs> I don't think you had to. I'm going to say that it is. Like, especially okay. after I didn't say that I thought Far Cry was going to be in Cuba when I did think it was going to be in Cuba. Yeah, oh, you, I've, gone all, I've gone all blurry. There you go. Oh, oh look at those fingers. Love oh, it. those that's some close-up fingers. Jonesy's oh, camera is having a nightmare here. Yeah, so uh, be sure to watch us on YouTube to see Jonesy just having a uh, hot panic. 
Like, if you ever wanted to know what Jones's palms look like, yeah. and he's back, and he's back. All right, uh, moving on because uh, probably the the biggest thing that everyone was kind of interested in. Because look, let's be honest, okay? Watchdogs Legion, yeah, it looks kind of cool, but Watchdogs has always been kind of compared to some of the other Ubisoft properties, a bit niche. All right, but now we're going into the mainstream here yeah, with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which obviously we've seen a bit before, but this was like our first look at proper uh, official gameplay. Right, so they showed off quite a lot of stuff and quite a lot of systems. And even after the the conference, they had some extended looks at the gameplay. Uh, and that's coming out November seventeenth. And again, it's gonna it said coming soon to next gen, and it will include smart delivery on Xbox. Um, no word on PlayStation, but I'd be surprised if they didn't match it. Um, what's interesting though, fellas, before we talk about what the game looked like and uh, impressions, November seventeenth puts it squarely in cyberpunk territory. Yeah. Why and, have they done this? <laughs> well, so here's here's a thing, right? We all know that those consoles are coming out in quote-unquote fall. We all know yeah. that that probably means October or November, and yeah. almost everyone agrees it's not going to be December. Yes, yeah. There aren't many days that you can come out. Like, you're already past the midway, by the 17th, or you're already past the midway point in November. You have to ask yourself, uh, are these games launching in time for the Xbox Series X? Are they launching around? Like, basically, I think that's what we're getting to. That's what we're getting at. I don't think we can actually learn a date from this, but you've got to imagine that both consoles, the Series X and the PS5, come out in November and probably around that date. Because the other thing is they probably want to come out before Black Friday, all that kind of weird shit. Like, yeah, I think sure. I think we're my, looking my, at a My situation. main question is why why release it so close to Cyberpunk? I think it's possible that they've they're got not. No I, think it's I don't possible. even have got a choice, like Jamie said. Well, I think they could do the, uh, like an October, but the, I think the issue is Watch Dogs. I think the issue they is that they, gap. they've they've sorry, got sorry, they've sorry, got to get them both out. Actually, releasing on the exact same day as Cyberpunk. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I think they've got to they had to decide whether Watch Dogs or Assassin's Creed would get the one-month breathing room. And I think Watch Dogs is the one that needs it more for the sake of their bottom line. Assassin's sure. Creed sort of sells itself. And so I think they're kind of going up against Cyberpunk in the hope of like, hey, we still have probably, as weird as it is in our little bubble, outside of our bubble still has more mainstream appeal than Cyberpunk does. Yeah, I think sure. I think Cyberpunk will sell exceedingly well. Um, unfathomably well, maybe even better than Assassin's Creed over the course of a generation. But I just, I, I just think they're taking they're taking the chance. But yeah, that's that said, I don't know. Like, yeah, a, sorry, Jonesy, I'll let you go. No, I was going to say for me, it's weird because so I, I I agree with everything you said. I think that they've that's a very strange time, but they're kind of getting to the point where they have to get stuff out because otherwise it's going to get overshadowed by the next gen um, and everything that's that's coming out in that time anyway. Um, for me, they if they can, they should definitely try and put one of those games forward and get it out at the end of September, which means that they can do a September-October release as opposed to an October-November. Yeah. Because one of the things I would worry about that is less the cyberpunk thing, but it's almost like you've got to think that a lot of people are Ubisoft fans in general. And if you've only got two weeks between your two sort of title series releases, um, and they're both open world games, sure they're different um, in a lot of ways, but I would definitely play both of those games, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to commit to buying one, then the other. And then you get the cyberpunk wrinkle coming out on the 17th as well. Like if you go to a shop or online or whatever, and you have to put your money behind cyberpunk 
or you've got to put it behind um, Assassin's Creed. I think that's a tough decision to make. But, but, I th- but I think Jamie's right. If we just t- step out of our bubble, I don't necessarily think it's as hard a, a, th- as a decision as, you, as we think it would be. I think, the, I think the answer is Assassin's Creed. For, for most people, I would agree with you, yeah. but then I do think there's got to be a decent contingent of people that can go both ways. So a, yeah. a, a minority, sure, but I, I don't know how much they would what, be expected what, what, to what sell. What I don't like, understand, right? Like, okay, so you say they can't move Assassin's Creed any earlier because then it would be too close to Watch Dogs, but there's nothing to say that they can't take both of them and just fucking shift them back a week. Because what, why wouldn't they just release it on November 10th instead of November 17th and give them that... I don't, well, well, here's the situation. Ultimately, it doesn't fucking matter, right? Like, here's here's the scenario it. for you, though. So, yeah. so Cyberpunk is coming out on PS4 and Xbox One, uh, but we know that the next-gen version of Cyberpunk is going to be somewhat later. 2021, yeah. Yeah. What if Assassin's Creed Valhalla is coming out on the 17th of uh, November because the PlayStation 5 is coming out on the 17th of November and Assassin's Creed will be able to put a box on shelves that has a PS5 logo on it? I mean... So be, you go. So you go to good. the you go to the game store. Big. You that'll go to the big. game store. You buy your PS5, and the game store says, "Hey, what do you want to buy your PS5 with? A PS4 copy of Cyberpunk that will get patched eventually, or the PS5 copy of Assassin's Creed Valhalla?" Yeah, that'll be big because because oh. I guess if you also filter on an online store by play by PS5 because you've got a PS5 and you get home and you go, "Show me those PS5 games." Yeah, uh, surely you're not going to see Cyberpunk in that list. Because it's a PlayStation Four game, but you, if you can see Valhalla in there, then then they've got no problem because yeah. you've got a whole contingent of people that are like, okay, I, I would say if that if that is the case, that's the only reason that they would do this. If if that is not the case, then I just think they're being stupid, honestly. Um, well, we'll we'll see. It's 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 going to be a weird one, and we also don't know. It looks especially strange at the moment because. You look at games that are confirmed that have official nailed-on dates for uh, November. They are the only two big games. It's like yeah. Bakugan and Shadowverse other than them. <laughs> so for them to come out like on the same day or two days from each other, whichever it was, like it looks strange. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I think yeah. it, the situation will get clearer as we get closer. Yeah. All right, anyway, what, what did you guys think of that gameplay? thought it looked like another Assassin's Creed game, and that's kind of fine by me. I liked both of those last two. And I yeah. think much as I'm anticipating Ghost of Tsushima for in a post-Last of Us 2 environment, sometimes there is something nice and easy about a uh, relaxed open-world experience where you could just go about shit in your own pace and chop people up into tiny little bits yeah. as a Viking. Well, well, I guess that's pe- people have said on, on the reviews on um, Ghost of Tsushima that it's basically like Assassin's Creed Japan. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah, right. I'm looking forward to it, kind of for that reason. I think it's cool that they brought back some of the um, some of the older school mechanics, like um, uh, blending in with the crowd. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was definitely missing from from some of the new. Yeah, ones. It felt yeah. like it needed to be there. Weirdly. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it looked all fine. the The siege stuff looked really cool to me. I thought. I'm, I'm yeah, the sea the siege stuff is one of my favorite like things that I don't um, I I don't think I've seen. Um, yeah, I don't think I've seen sort of recently in any um, in Assassin's Creed game. The only thing I can think recent, not not even that recently, but like Shadow of War had a siege mechanic, didn't there, where you could attack yeah. and keep, um, like a castle or whatever, and you could yeah, um, yeah, and that, and that, was, cool. that was very cool. I liked yeah. that. I thought it was a cool bit of gameplay. Um, the the stuff in Valhalla that I mean, it's obviously going to be very, I suppose, more 
realistic in some sense and that looks wicked like yeah climbing up this the outside of people's towers and maybe strengthening your numbers and because you, you can build a base this time around as well can't you, yes, so you yeah, sort of have yeah. a, an operator base of operations and stuff that's to me sounds wicked and the area control where you take over your you're effectively going to be leading the push into england as a viking i mean that does it just sounds wicked but that's um, not pretty cool but the uh, freaking release time is horrendous but yeah anyway man. moved on from that <laughs> it's 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 been a killer year for games i'll say that much uh, all right. Anything else you guys want to talk about Assassin's Creed? Should we move on to the next little tidbit, which is yeah. uh, by far one of the more interesting things that we saw at that show. Get it? See what I'm doing there? Oh, I do. Uh, yeah, yeah. Great I, segue. Yeah, fantastic yeah. stuff, Chris. Yeah, really good. good. <laughs> it took me all week to come up with that one. Uh, <laughs> yes, because they showed off finally uh, by way of a trailer, uh, Far Cry Six, and we even got a release date, which is quite a nice treat, which is 18th of February, 2021. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so not not far away, okay, but not not far away either. I mean it is fucking in, who knows if we'll survive into fucking 18th of February 2021 <laughs> as, as a fucking civilization. But anyway, um yeah, a, a cool trailer, very atmospheric, very kind of like so it it had uh Gus from uh Breaking Bad, which was the uh leaks from last week. So it it's come true. Um, he is a dictator of kind of like a, a Cuban style. Uh, I don't, it doesn't really specify if it's an island nation or whatever, but you can assume so. Um, and there's a young kid there. And the rumors are that the kid could turn out to be fast because he has a cut on his eye, uh, a scar. And yeah, it could, it could be an interesting origin story, as it were. Um, what, what did you guys think of the, the that trailer? There wasn't... Uh... There wasn't much to take away from it. It was, I mean, it's a fine setup. It's almost like they was done a bit of a leapfrog. So you had the vast kind of self-made ruler in his own mini kingdom idea yeah. in three. You then had four where it was like the dictator who was trying to run the country and was a big time thing. You then kind of went back to the self-made um, ruler in five. And now you've gone yeah. back to the dictator again. Yeah. That's um, a good point, actually. Yeah, uh, I... I don't know. You can't really take much away from it. I mean, it, it sounds like a cool environment. I'm, I prefer the island Far Cry games, um, like tropical island Far Cry games, sort of, especially if there's some island hopping and things than I do to sort of like the four was a little bit, um, I don't know. I didn't enjoy that environment quite as much as I did three. Yeah. Um, but they're saying all the right things at the moment. I, I'm excited to see gameplay, but yeah. yeah, they've released a couple of screenshots and it looks like a Far Cry game. I mean, yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think it's interesting that the the narrative hooks, especially, I doubt they'll say anything prior to release because why would they? If it does tie into Far Cry Three and Vasa's story, I think that'd be very interesting. But even still, like it just shows the power of getting interesting casting for an interesting character can be a hook. But it, I need to remind myself what I was saying this time. Well, what is it? Maybe fifteen months ago, sixteen months ago. Yeah, where I said, "Man, does Far Cry need to just take a break and completely yeah. rethink what it's doing?" And it yeah. kind of hasn't. Um, I, I mean, don't get me wrong; like, if they come out and say, "Hey, New Dawn was created by a completely side studio, and the main Far Cry studio or group of studios, wherever it is, because I know Ubisoft works strangely, have been yeah. working on this since five, then maybe that's enough time to do something interesting. But five for me, and I know a lot of people disagree. But five for me was a weak entry and the weakest since three, ignoring Primal. Um, 
because Brimal yeah. was weird and different. Shout out to Rodman. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, I think I don't know what Far Cry needs to do different in the much the same way I didn't know what Assassin's Creed needed to do different. But they tried it and it worked for Assassin's Creed. And yeah. I just don't think that I don't know what Far Cry Six looks like in terms of like so, uh, yeah, so how it, how it's if, put together. If, if, it, if it doesn't innovate over Far Cry Four and Five, then it's probably not worth doing, right? For me, yeah, like I just, I just felt the consensus was everyone agreed that Far Cry needed to take its foot off the gas because it wasn't coming up with new ideas fast enough to sustain its existence. Yeah. And now they've announced this, and everyone seems back on the bandwagon. And I guess I'm kind of, I'm not not on the bandwagon. I'm just kind of like looking at it suspiciously. I think there's there's more to look at suspiciously, though, right? Because if if the if the rumor mill is true, all right, and if it is a uh, origin story of, of Vars. That, that's, for me, that is massive alarm bells. As cool as it is, don't get me wrong, because I love the character of Vars. It's an, an alarm bell because it means you don't have any original ideas. So you're going back to what people loved. What about. people liked. Yeah. And, and not only that, it, it's kind of weird because you're going back to a character that people loved, but that you yourselves killed off halfway through the fucking game. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a just, strange situation, yeah, for it, sure, yeah. It doesn't bode well. Like, let's say, if this was a series that people universally were looking forward to and didn't think that actually it should take a hiatus, then and they still did this, then that's maybe a different story. But when people are saying, man, this is such a... It's, it's starting to get old and long in the tooth as a formula, and they don't take the time off, and they say, oh, but look, it's, it's, it could be a young Vars... I, I think it's a I think it's a warning sign, personally. It's weird because Far, Far Cry is one of the most bizarre series there are. Like if you actually think about what they've tried in the time um, that that they've been making games, like it's it's actually really odd. I actually I almost feel like they don't know why people like it, <laughs> and I think that they're struggling to to grab what it is that people like about that series. Because I mean, if I remember my first. Um, times with Far Cry, you know, Far Cry 1, Far Cry 2, it was really solid gameplay. And it was the fact that the gameplay was on point and it was in incredible locations and the story was kind of hit and miss. I mean, with the whole weird monkey alien stuff. When, what the, oh, what that Far was Cry about. 1, yeah, that was fucking um, weird. And, and that, that was a part of the game, which I stopped playing the game at that point. I was like, I don't like, this is mental. I don't like this. But I, and then two was awesome because it was like Tropical Island and it was and it was just a really fun game. Three no, two was, was... Two was not a Tropical Island. Two was two Africa. Was Africa. Sorry, sorry, I'm getting confused with them. Um, and you get malaria, one of the best malaria. games ever made. Then, then you get three, which is like all oh, this tropically island thing, and then you get the um, a really good story. Um, and then they had Blood Dragon, which was so much fun. Like I love Blood Dragon; I thought it was incredible. It was a bit of DLC, is a standalone bit of DLC, and was them having fun with it, and was so on point. And then when four came out, I was like, I don't think you guys know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> you don't know why people liked three, and I think you're on your nail on the head Chris when you said they don't know what people like so they've gone well we know people like Vass how can we bring him back now that he's dead we'll say he's a kid <laughs> that kind of that worries me a bit now you've said it I'm like yeah. is I, that I, what I, they've yeah, done I, 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 just, I couldn't disagree more like I, I think for me the 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 staleness of the Far Cry series and the lack of evolution of the Star Far Cry series has nothing to do with their choice of antagonists and their stories it's all to do with the gameplay mechanics and the formula 
Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm agree, I agree, but I said I don't know what they've... I don't, I don't think they know where people like it. Do people like the game because of the story? Do people like the game because of the gameplay? Then they focus on story because story did well. Then they, they maybe don't do as well on the gameplay. I feel like they don't know where they need to improve the series. Whereas Assassin's Creed, it feels like they were like, we need to improve the mechanics because the story kind of is whatever it is. Just that's kind of, So that's why I feel like they're grabbing onto story, gameplay, story, and they're like, oh, we don't know what we're doing. That's how it feels to me. Anyway. <laughs> and it feels like this time they're grabbing onto story with the re-emergent, like the Vask, if it is Vask coming back, then I'm worried about the gameplay side of it because is it going to mean the gameplay is just shot, is just boring what we've seen before, really stale. But I, but well, I think I it's all, I think it's always been like that. Well, I th- you think the gameplay has always been really I, stale? I, I, no, I, I think what happened was that like two was a weird, two's a very fucking strange game if you go back and play uh, it now by take modern two out of the Far Cry series yeah. because it's so. Off from everything else. I think if you take a, ignore the, the offshoot. Primal is the set is like. Well, if you, you know, ignore the offshoots sorry, like anyway. Primal and right. and Blood Dragons, they tried different stuff. I think what they did with three and what the lesson they felt they learnt from three was like people like Far Cry for big punchy antagonists that are more interesting than often the protagonists and sometimes even the story themselves. Like who sure. can remember the actual story of three? Not as many people as who can remember the name of the guy who became the villain after Vast dies in three. Uh, I can remember his. I can remember what he looks like. I can't remember his name. Right. Like who can I can remember what Pagan Min's name is, but I can't remember what the, that fictional country was called. Kiriat. There you go, Kiriat. Um, and I, I can only remember because we did so many fucking ATG videos on it. There you go. But the, it seemed <laughs> and, like and it was always sorry, and it was always that trailer that we always we had to go to, which was the Welcome to Kiriat trailer that we were getting all the fucking footage <laughs> from. That's why you, it's bur- it's burned in your brain. It's yeah, like seared, time. like a um, yeah. And I think, five, five I think kind of tried to double down on the antagonist by having loads more of them and sectioning them all off, and you know, you they, they, the they, they, the they, the they tried to space that stuff out a little bit more. And I think that's because one of the issues that they had with three and with four, although it didn't get as much criticism in three, is that it's not normal for a protagonist to have a huge amount of run-ins and interactions with a antagonist. Sorry, sure. should I say I don't? I don't know if I got my words right there, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. how can you have bad the, guy and good guy? Yeah. yeah, how can you have as many interactions with and see as much of Vars as possible without having the issue of, dude, why didn't the dude just fucking kill him already? How many times yeah. do you need to have a scene in a room with Vars before? And that's one of the things. But that's only totally made sense. In three, it made sense, though, don't you think? It no. made total sense. No. What? Like, yeah, but only to the extent that they did it. Like, a film can cut away and show you what a villain's doing. Games can't do that as often. Before you start yes. saying why are why am I having control taken away from me? Why am I seeing shit that I can't? It, it just doesn't feel as natural. Um, you kind of get away with it, but with again with Far Cry Three, how many times can you be looking at Vars chewing up the scenery while you, for some weird narrative reason, can't move? Yeah. How many times can you <laughs> sure. do, how many times can you do that before you're saying, "Come on, game"? And with Far Cry Four, it was like, "Well, what if you had a radio and Pagan Min could kind of speak to you?" And that was how you kind of got a lot of that scenery stuff. But again, it was a lot of like you assuming what Pagan Min is up to while you're running around this environment for 50 hours. So I think Far Cry 5 tried to adjust that by saying, okay, what if there were multiple people so you could interact with people and kill them along the way so there's no Ludo narrative dissonance, but we still got the big Mac Daddy of them all above, the, above it all. But the thing I was actually yeah. going to say is that I think Far Cry 3 was just the perfect, and we've made a fucking whole video about this, and some people <laughs> disagreed, but Far Cry 3 was the ideal and some of the earliest forms of that 
really typical open world nourishment. Filling out checklists and climbing towers and wiping out camps and hunting animals to build bags that can hold more of this and more of that. And it's bars going up, it's numbers going up, and everything feels good and everyone's happy. But we got bored of that, and open world games changed. Yeah. We saw it in the reviews for Ghost of Tsushima this week. When open when old style open world games come out, it feels weird because open worlds have there have been examples of what they should be more like nowadays. Whether you yeah. prefer Breath of the Wild or Red Dead Redemption 2, we know that checklists aren't open world games anymore. And I think Far Cry has tried to you know meander its way around that stuff a little bit in the last couple of entries, but hasn't been successful. Yeah. Well, it's because yeah, far, sure. far, a Far Cry open world is checklists. That's yeah. the inherentness of what would make it a Far Cry game. And yet everyone's saying, yeah, but that's stale. So how, how can you get away from saying the core loop of your game is stale, so change it, but still have the same game, right? It, it's right. Should be, you shouldn't, it shouldn't be that hard, though, because surely all you what you really need to do, like when um, you get, you know, fetch quests in games and the whole game becomes fetch quest, fetch quest, fetch quest, is you just have to hide that under something else. So it is still the same loop, but it just feels like it's not. Yeah. And it feels like that they've, that's what maybe they haven't done very well at all. Like they've well, just I, tried I, to add in the wrong I, I stuff. I think as, as much as previously Far Cry games have been about checklists, I think Ubisoft looks at making a Far Cry game like a checklist. Antagonists that can chew out the scenery, like Jamie said. Uh, Copious drug use, okay? Quirky characters, interesting setting, um, uh, dangerous animals, all right? Uh, quirky fucked, fucked up decision. Yeah. There's got to be a de- fucked up decision. Fucked up decisions and, and, um, and like bombastic uh, vehicle gameplay. Like, yeah. They're, they're looking as like, this is what makes a Far Cry game. But it's, yeah, it, it, it needs something else. And, and I, I think Jamie's right. It's like, they should have just taken the time off. They should have taken the time. Because even if they came back with it, later with the same game that Far Cry 6 we're speculating could be, right? If they release it now, it's it's almost like it's it's almost like they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. Because it's like, okay, well, you've released it, but it's feeling stale. And this is a perfect example of why it is stale. Whereas even if it was the same game and they delayed it by like another two years and then it came back, even in the same thing, it wouldn't be as fresh in people's minds. So maybe going back to it then, it would be like, oh, yes, this is the classic Far Cry gameplay that, that I've been missing for the past two years. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, absolutely. They just need to they just need to take a minute and get it right, but I don't, Weird, they're man. not doing it, are they? They're but hey. It. Six it, is going to be... I, I'd put good more. money on saying that six is pretty much, in terms of gameplay, indistinguishable from four and five. And I hope it's not the case because, look, yes, we haven't seen um, any gameplay, so fair enough. You know, like, surprise us, Ubisoft. That's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah, and, like, I think it's also, I, I kind of want to say that I, I didn't think 5 was bad. I thought New Dawn wasn't great, but I didn't think 5 was bad. And it was the same with Assassin's Creed. Like, the last Assassin's Creed before they took a hiatus was Syndicate. And Syndicate was a good Assassin's Creed game. Like, and Ghost of Tsushima is apparently pretty good. We we can make concessions for this stuff, but yeah. it's there's nothing wrong with wanting it to be more, which oh, I yeah, think exactly. is what most people want from a Far Cry game, right? They just want yeah take take the next step, go take it to the next level. Look no, I, look look at what your first person competition is doing. Look at the fact that we're going to be playing Cyberpunk four months before this, 
which I know Cyberpunk isn't advertising itself as a first-person shooter the same way Far Cry would, but, like, look at what's going on around you and, and adapt. Yeah, but hold on, because Cyberpunk is a... You, you call it a first-person RPG. Yeah. And you could say that what Far Cry has started doing throughout its uh, the course of its series is taking the FPS formula and RPGifying it. So it's, it's right. not... And like, out of the realm of when, and when, to, when Assassin's to look Creed, at the two next to each other. No, when Assassin's Creed took a hiatus, they said, what are we moving towards and what can we be more like? And they ended up going for, I, I think most people agreed, The Witcher was a huge yeah. influence on Origins at the time. And so they said, right, let's go down that route. Let's invest more in quest design and writing. Let's make uh, vo- fully voiced characters with dialogue options and branching paths and a combat system that more closely resembles The Witcher. Far Cry could do something like that, um, but I just don't think they've given themselves enough time to. See, I, I really hope they don't. Like, one of my the things I hate, I didn't like most about 5, and I, I, I can't remember if 3, because I didn't play much of 4 at all, but I can't remember if 3 did this, but um, I'm pretty sure it didn't. In the in 5, the when I started that game and you can first sort of start exploring the world, the fact that you can wander into an area where it's like, oh, these are level 25 enemies and you're level 1, and then they just kill you straight away. I was like, Hi, right. no. Why have you like? Why have you done that with like the RPG esque mechanics? Does Far Cry Five do that? Yeah, the the second you started that game, I think you could go into you could go the other di- or you could basically go. I'm going to go that way, and I did just to see what it was like. And I wandered into an area that was like much higher level, and it didn't even feel like it was far away. Like after I'd done the in- like you know the intro, whatever it is, the whole plane crash landing uh, weird kind of thing. Because um, I remember going into like an orchard near um, a house and I was too lower level and I was like what this is not Far Cry-esque have I just, have I really forgotten that much about Far Cry 5 that I didn't remember it had a level system <laughs> I really hope I'm not now talking about something totally I'm, yeah I'm certain it did you might I'm gonna, be I'm gonna look you might up. be right I'm just gonna put my hands up and say like I yeah. don't remember Far Cry 5 being that deeply steeped in RPG mechanics that you had to like Assassin's Creed has done that Assassin's Creed definitely has areas that you can be under-leveled for, but I don't remember Far Cry 5 having an under-leveling, under-leveled mechanic. Well, maybe it, it was maybe it was something it was it was only something I had very early on. It New, was like New, a, Dawn, a very, New Dawn had that. But it was something very early on that I that I experienced. And I don't I must admit I didn't experience it much through the rest of the game, but it just worried me because it was like I don't want those RPG elements in a Far Cry game. What I want is a story-led first-person game with some RPG elements like crafting bags and things and hunting animals to get it. But I don't want to come across a level 10 crocodile that I can't kill. Yeah. And if they went in that route, which is kind of what you guys were just saying, I would be like, no frigging way do I want that. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I, I'm not trying to like call you out. I don't think Far Cry 5 had that. I'm sure it did. I'm going to, I'm not going to look it up now. I swear that when I first like, started playing I, the I game, very, I very, I remember Far Cry New Dawn having this system of like, everyone was one of three levels and you level up the, quality yes, of your weapons well. and stuff I like that. I remember there was like a golden bull or something and it was like a fucking level three. Right, exactly. But I don't, unless I'm getting it wrong, I just don't think Far Cry 5 did that. What is it? No, I think it was, let me, I'm reading something here which says it was just called something different. So it wasn't like, um, uh, this, is the, this is the point where Jonesy spends half an hour finding the one article that briefly mentions something that might back up what he's saying. No, this is just this, is, um, just this Steam, Far Cry, Far Cry 5 chat on Steam about um, All right. resistance Let, well, levels let's, and Let's circle back around to that next week because we've got to move on. This is going to be a two-hour fucking podcast. Oh, uh, easy, dude. Easy right. money. 
no- notable missing things from all of this was Skull and Bones, Gods and Monsters, and Rainbow Six Quarantine. So Skull and Bones, they've come out saying that they're going to actually just go back to the fucking drawing board and, and reboot that shit. Yeah. Probably because they realized that, hey, no one wants that kind of a game. <laughs> Sur- surprise, right. surprise. The, the word for, came from Video Games Chronicle, who said that apparently it's been struggling to carve out a, quote, unique position among Ubisoft's existing portfolio of open world games. And so they've decided to... Sorry, go for it. But, well, because the whole point of it was like, hey, remember Black Flag and the, all yeah. the ship stuff in that? Let's make a game out of that. But then that would have been fine if the rest of Assassin's Creed didn't have, like, sailing and shit. Right, because a lot of Assassin's Creed games, you're, uh, I think that's what you're getting at, like, embrace that Black Flag-style yeah. stuff in a way yeah. that, yeah, like, you don't need Skull and Bones when you can kind of... You can't... I won't go as far dude, as saying you can make dude. Odyssey your Skull and Bones, but... Yeah, but yeah. that's what I was going to say. Half of Odyssey is being in a fucking ship, right? Yeah, and recruiting people to be on it and... and up. Yeah. And, but so, so, so yeah, it's like, why have yeah. Skull and Bones other than just the skin of that kind of a thing? The other thing they said naturally showed some of this in the last time they showed off the game was that it had a premium box model um, that a lot of Ubisoft games had had, and apparently Ubisoft are trying to move away from in the kind of post-Ghost Recon Breakpoint environment. Yeah. And they're moving towards a quote, live game model that will now feature a persistent game world with quest characters and storylines that will drastically evolve and change over time based on the collective actions of the community. And apparently this is a games-as-a-service title unlike The Division 2, which receives regular updates but has a relatively static world. This will be a far more fluid games-as-a-service style approach. Interesting. Yeah, uh, okay, so the other thing missing is Gods and Monsters, which uh, last we heard... It's going to have a name change and maybe a bit of a scope change as well. Maybe, maybe. Um, but what do you think? Do you think we'll... I mean, I guess the idea is maybe not with Skull and Bones if it's being completely rebooted, but Gods and Monsters and Rainbow Six Quarantine, they're, surely they're going to have to be shown off at Ubisoft Fast Forward or whatever the fucking... They've got to be, dude. <laughs> like, those are the games that should be out sooner rather than later, right? Like the idea that... Far Cry 6 is a release date and Gods and Monsters doesn't is kind of mad to me unless they are super going back to the drawing board in those games in a way yeah. that's more than they originally alluded to. Well, let's say six months and on though, like, sorry, from now to sort of six months and a bit further in the future, then yeah, if there's another, when that another show drops, I guess it could just be six months on to, to a year. Well, well here's the thing with the other in. show, right? Okay, so even if they show Skull and Bones, even if they show Gods and Monsters, and even if they show Rainbow Six Quarantine, it's all known quantities, right? Like we've, they've been shown off before, okay? Yes, uh, yeah. Missing from this show was, okay, they just dance, which is fine, you know, do they really <laughs> need to include it? But it makes them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, uh, that fucking- oh, Roller Champions, is that Roll what you Champions, yeah. yeah, yeah. But other than that, if, if that is what is in the next- Ubisoft conference, no one's going to care. No one's going to care. They've got to bring out yeah. something else, right? You, you've got to, Splinter and Cell! One, Splinter Cell! I, I fucking hope, uh, but it can't... Dude, if you go from having a show that universally has been kind of a bit, you know, received as a bit like meh, where they showed off Watch Dogs Legion, they showed off Assassin's Creed Valhalla, they showed off Far, or, or announced Far Cry 6... And you go to the show with the other stuff, it's not going to be that interesting, dude. Yeah, and that's why it, the whole thing is very strange. And you wonder just where, how. Where's fucking Beyond Good and Evil 2? That's yeah, that, clip. Uh, like, oh, well, I need to see more of that game. That looks, that looks so cool when they showed it off. 
unless the thing is that like the next Ubisoft forward isn't actually that close, like it's not still the summer, and maybe it's you know closer to the end of the year when Watch Dogs Legion and Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, Valhalla, excuse me, are about to come out, and yeah. they've got more stuff ready to show. But okay, I don't but know. then but then that that brings a different awkward question with with the exception of gods and monsters because actually all we've seen from that officially is like one fucking trailer right yeah but in the case of skull and bones and rainbow six quarantine like those have been in the works for quite a while now and you're telling me it's that true. you're gonna wait until the end of the year to kind of show off more of stuff that we fucking know about maybe maybe I, just, I, just, I don't know dude. Dark, i don't know man. it's just I don't know. Look, there's obviously a reason for everything. We we don't know the fucking inner workings or the reasoning behind it. And you, you'd like to think, much like Assassin's Creed Valhalla releasing on the same day as Cyberpunk, you've got to think to yourself, there needs to be a good reason. And, and you like, almost what, have to default to the benefit of Maybe the there doesn't have to be a good reason, though. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> well, maybe. yeah. I mean, fucking, it's the games industry, so you're probably right, Jonesy. <laughs> right, okay. Well, anyway, move, moving on from, from all of that... Ubisoft goodness. Uh, Marvel's Avengers news, boys. You know, the, the game that we're all looking forward to the most this year. I uh, am looking forward to it. You mock, but I actually <laughs> think it looks okay. Yep. Uh, well, look, there, there's, there's some interesting <laughs> yep. things, right? Because the uh, Avengers beta is going to kick off relatively soon, actually. August 7th for PlayStation pre-orders. August 14th for Xbox and PC pre-orders. Um, and then... August 21st is basically open beta across all platforms. Okay. Uh, there's going to be a war table at the end of this month, so July 29th, to basically set out what people can expect from this beta. And uh, it's meant to include a little bit of everything, so campaign, co-op, hero progression, exploration of war zone, and there's a new kind of mode that they've got, which they'll explain in that uh, um, war table thing called Drop Zone. Now... What I find interesting about this is, obviously, the more we see of it, and unless your name is Alex Jones, the more people are kind of going, yeah, this looks fine. I'll probably pick it up and play it, but it looks decidedly mediocre. But for them to be going so full in on even like an open beta, it's got me thinking like, they just want to get this game into people's hands and they want people to uh, come up with their, their opinions of it on their own. So maybe it plays a lot better than it looks. Maybe. Like, I, like I'm mm. thinking, I'm, I'm seeing this as almost a vote of confidence. They're putting a lot of info out there. They're actually giving it to people in their hands to play before the game releases. Like that's not, if you've got a shitty game, you don't necessarily do that, right? Unless they're just completely I, delusional. I don't know, man. I think I disagree with you a little bit. I, I, and I, I don't want to be the cynical one. Like sometimes I think I do it too much, but there's a part of me that thinks if they are saying to Marvel fans specifically, Hey, yeah. pre-order this game and you can get your hands on something Marvel and you only have to wait, you know, this long and the games and you can get it earlier. Sure. It does seem maybe that that's a way to get people to pre-order a game that you're not that, you don't, yeah, but, you don't necessarily want people to see the reviews drop before they choose to buy the yeah, game. But, but hold on, dude, because remember, open beta, which is uh, exclusive from any kind of pre-order, is August 21st. But it's after. After what? It's after the PlayStation 1 uh, for pre-order people. 
Yeah, but like, and it's yeah, after no, Xbox One for pre-order. Yeah, but it's I'm sorry. The game if you out. if you pre-order a game to play a beta two weeks early from the beta that's going to be free, you're a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> I think I think people would do it. I don't. I think, think so. some people would do it because yeah, they'll but, say, yeah, but yeah, but guess what? They can then they can cancel their pre-orders because the game still won't be out for another month. No, you won't be able. You won't be able to cancel. You won't be able to like cancel your pre-order yeah. to then get your money back or anything. You're, yeah, you're of course you would be able to. No, you wouldn't. I. Pretty certain you would, yeah. I don't think you would that soon out. I don't think you would. I think you'd have to yeah, because, pay for the pre-order. Because the, right? the beta access is, is uh, a, a, it's a pre-order bonus, right? It's not the actual game. So it's not what you're paying for. You can cancel what you've paid for before you get it. Of course you can. That you, you're paying for the game. You're not paying for, the, for the beta access. Uh, all I know, Even all I know so is what, there So are, why wouldn't we all pre-order the game, play the beta, and then just cancel it? You can do, but... Like why it not is a, it right. is a, it, it why is not just faff. wait two weeks and play the open because beta? because you probably would still have to actually you couldn't pre-order it like adding it to a basket you probably would have to pay and that money would have to come out of your account yeah so you'd have to yeah. it would be a refund kind of pre-order yes. not yeah yeah and so, so I'm sure you, some people how can't would you get a ref- how would you get the refund well, dude like we we live in an era where Steam and Epic's policies you can get refunds on games you've played for ten hours. Like, oh, of course should, you can sure, pre-order, cancel um, pre-orders. You, but you, you definitely won't be able to with PlayStation, and I don't know about Xbox. Now, PlayStation have always been very funny, I will PlayStation admit. are horrendous, and, and <laughs> the, the two early pre-order, the two early pre-order bonus betas are for PlayStation and Xbox. But if you so think, think if you think you can't cancel something, like, cancel hey man, a pre-order... I'm being cynical here, all right? I'm, just, I'm playing devil's I, 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 I think you're reaching. I think you're reaching. <laughs> no, yeah. probably I am, but I'm saying there's but something that, look, weird I, that rubs I, me up I, the wrong I'd, way. I'd agree with you, Jonesy, if that open beta didn't exist in that timetable. But it does. Let me, okay, you know who we need to ask because this is who I thought of when I heard about this was Sam would Richards. Sam Richards yeah. <laughs> will Sam Richards pre-order it on PlayStation just so he can play Marvel a little bit earlier, that. and then he would have paid for it, and he then he'll be stuck with it even if it's. I, 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 I wouldn't, wouldn't even tweet put it. I, I wouldn't say that Sam would. No. I'd, I'd, I'd put, yeah. tweet Sam, by the way, this is Sam from One Hundred and One Facts. Go check out his channel. Yeah, let's I, uh, let's let's tweet Sam and see what he reckons. I'd He's put, a massive Marvel fan. I put money on Sam waiting for the open beta. Put money on it. Yeah. Okay. And in fact, I'll tweet him after this, and we'll find out. So if you want, if you want to see what happened, go onto Twitter and see what. um, It's slightly juicier though, Jonesy, because actually, if you're on PlayStation, the open beta on PlayStation begins on August 14th, which is the same day that the pre-order beta access is available for Xbox and PC, a full week before general open beta across all platforms. But the closed beta for pre-orders is is the two weeks before that, right? One week before that. What, one sorry, week one week before, before that. Yeah. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so, okay, maybe, well, maybe not. It's just not <laughs> <laughs> but there yeah, I mean, uh, do, do you guys kind of agree with me that maybe there is kind of more to it than, than the, like, how the, that game looks? Maybe, maybe. Like, I, I think the game I, looks I fine. Like, I don't even see the... Pr- I think it looks fine. I, right. I think it looks just boring. But, but like, I, I, like, we've I, said, you, new, like we've said numerous times on this podcast, if you guys jump in and say, Chris, jump in, of course I'm going to fucking jump yeah. in. And, <laughs> we'll, and we'll probably have a really good time. If we can have a good time playing the shell of a game that is fucking Sea of Thieves, then yeah, of course we can. Can we commit right now to playing that open beta, to all jumping in and streaming um, the open yeah. beta? We'll yeah, do, that course. was really cool, I think. Definitely. We'll jump in. I, I think going back to what Chris was saying, the optimist definitely looks at this and says, hey, you don't give people this much access to a game unless the disconnect actually comes from the fact that it is more fun than it looks like. Like if they're, they're scratching their heads saying, man, everyone who's testing this game, everyone in QC or whatever it is, is having a, the time of their lives. But when we show people the right. gameplay, they don't get it. Maybe that yeah. this is that 
and I'm also just going to say it's really cool to have a big AAA open beta because it feels like it's been a little while. They used yeah. to be far more common back in the day, and yeah, I've totally. definitely been won over by betas. I remember the beta for Destiny, the first Destiny, before that game ever came out, and thinking, like, man, I'm buying this game. But at the same time, Ubisoft have been in one of the bigger proponents of open betas, and we can all remember playing <laughs> betas for not just the Hyperscape open beta, which is going on right now and none of us are touching, but we streamed the beta for Ghost Recon Breakpoint, and that beta was a shit show, and that game was a <laughs> shit show. So they've got you've got to be careful, but it is yeah. promising. Yeah. I'm kind of... because Yeah, to me, it makes sense that you only do an open beta for a game that you want to stand behind and you want people to play because you know how good your game is. That totally makes sense to me, generally speaking. The, thing, the wrinkle with me is Marvel, is that are there enough crazy Marvel MCU people who'll put money down just to play it a week early? And yeah, but, like, so, but, maybe, so, but so what? Maybe. If, if we can sit here and say those people are bad consumers, who gives a shit? Like, it's no, their no, not loss. Bad, not bad, consu- not bad uh, consumers Yes, they are bad consumers. They had to wait one more week to pl- get, to <laughs> oh, get what they're getting for free. You're a better bad consumers. Any, to be honest, anyone that pre-orders a game months in advance is a bad consumer. Do you know why? You can pre-order a game at eleven fifty-nine, the, the yeah. a minute before it comes out. That's a fucking pre-order. You don't need to give get developers and publishers hundreds of dollars months or years before games come out. But if but you but in this instance, like we're saying that if they do it, if they pre-order it to play the the closed beta on the PlayStation, yep. for example, they're an idiot. Then. <laughs> then, but I could see, I could see people going. I don't care. I want to play that game as soon as humanly possible. The MCU fans I could see as being some of those individuals. I don't care. And so what I'm so what I'm wondering is, is it a case that then they know that they can make a buttload of money before any reviews or anything come out and say this is a really trash game? Yeah, but Jonesy, this is all redundant though. The, your your hypotheticals are redundant here because. The open beta is a week Fine. away from everything else. That's why I said, is, is are they are they that into it that they'll pay for a week early access? No, because I think, because then you're going to there are some... stupid people around that'll pay for anything. Okay, this is why you've got fucking. Do they release Wales statistics and FIFA, on? You've got whales and all of these kind of like. <laughs> Do they release stats games? for pre-orders? Because that would be interesting to see if the pre-order uh, was no, not oh, okay. not like there's st- st- sales stats are very strange. Like you can yeah. get like physical copy sales in the UK and Japan are very easy to come by, but not America. Digital sales right. are a myth. Um, it basically <laughs> depends. Will the publisher come out and flex? That's the question. Oh right. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to have to get on Twitter and see what Sam reckons. Is he going to pre-order so he can play a week early? Yeah, I, 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 I I'm complete with Chris here, Jonesy. I think you're chasing these bizarre hypotheticals <laughs> that are completely <laughs> meaningless. Probably. Yeah. Like, Probably true. Yeah. I, I, I really, really hope that the whole point is that it's a, it's a very enjoyable, fun game, and that's why they want to get people playing, because they hope know so that people will buy it. That, to me, is, is an exciting prospect, given what this game yeah. has been, the fear that we've got surrounding Look, this game. I, I can put my hands up and say, I know I can be negative, and I can be a bit of a pessimist, right? But ultimately, not just AAA, I don't, I don't necessarily want any game to be bad, because it benefits everyone if all games are good. It's not possible, Okay, but what I'm saying is, do I want Marvel Marvel's Avengers to be a great game? Of course I do. Of course I fucking do. Yeah. Because some of those characters I enjoy, and I'm not a Marvel fucking nutcase like Sam Richards is. But you're telling me, hey, here's an opportunity to play as Thor, or Iron Man. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll fucking let's fucking go. 
Yeah, but, I don't. I don't think. I don't think like, it's, it'd be a weird position to be in that you hoped a game was bad exactly. because you didn't like the audience. Like, yeah, that's exactly. Kind of a strange but, but the fact of the matter is, when they come up with trailers where dudes have fucking weird, weird character designs, and then they show off some gameplay that looks super generic, it, it, that's when the the pessimist kind of comes out and says. But it's more a case of saying, "I want the game to be good, but it's not looking good." So I'm like, "Oh fuck, this yeah, is fucking, like, this is like a bad. fear." A yeah, fear exactly. Through, but yeah, but anyway, no, I get you. I, get I, you. I, I thought that was an interesting one to kind of talk about. Let's let's move on, okay? Because there's an interesting thing here as well in terms of a lot of these games we're talking about. There's going to be a lot of crossover between current gen and next gen. So there's a nice little tidbit, and this is probably going to relate more to you, Jonesy, because you've um, voiced your concern in the past about this. But Sony is increasing PS5 demand, according to a Bloomberg report, from six million un- initial units to nine million initial units. So that, that's quite a big jump. And what they're yeah. saying is they're aiming for five units to be produced, finished in the box by September. Five okay. or five million? Five million. All right. <laughs> I thought you, you did yeah, just five. five. Just five. <laughs> That's what they're saying. So going put, with, put in your pre orders now, you, you dumbasses. Um, <laughs> uh, and an additional five million hoping to be produced between October and December, earmarked for early 2021. So call it Q1 of 2021. Um, but even right. even with that, Sony are estimating that, especially with the logistical issues that we are facing in this uh, unprecedented COVID world, uh, that they probably would not meet initial demand. That's do you know what that um, that gets me hyped that five million units will be in their boxes yeah. by September, right? Because that's wicked. Uh, not recently, but in the past, you had voice concerns thinking that maybe. Uh, there was going to be delays on the uh, next gen consoles, but yeah, hey, I, I was I was it, adamant that they were going to get pushed until 2021 because yeah. they're going to have all the problems of COVID around production. And I think it was Jamie that said, um, even if they can only drop 250 thousand units, that will come, that it will come out yeah. in Q4. Yeah, so it's quite encouraging that, to say, okay, yeah, uh, five million units by September. That's pretty impressive. It is, and I suppose the timing makes total sense because 5 million units, I guess, then are ready for initial release and then you've got an additional 4 million units which are going to take care of Christmas demand, which is obviously going to be massive. Um, Interesting because we haven't got a price, I think, yet for the PlayStation 5. Is it going to be a Christmas present like price or is it going to be too freaking expensive? I I don't know. know. I've been thinking about it lately and I think more so than the PS3, so more so than the jump from PS2 to PS3, let me say, I think there is a lot more hype between PS4 and PS5 uh, in terms of users and, and almost looking at the people and saying people will buy the PS5 regardless of pricing, whereas you could say it was the pricing that was the detriment of the PS3. I think it's right. not, not going to factor in as much in this generation. I think people, you- are, just, people are just going to buy it. They're going to, yeah, people are just going to buy it regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an interesting one for for me because I think because of the time difference and how much uh, how much older I am, I felt like the PlayStation Four was kind of rough because it was still something that appealed to younger people, and now I feel like the PlayStation Five appeals to older people as well, like up to you know forty odd because they're all gamers as well and they can afford this. Yeah, but I, I guess it's all. Is that just because right? I, I think it might just be because I'm older? Like, I yeah. Don't know well, this, this, is, this was going to say. I, think, I guess it's just all additive because if you had a PS2 and you were into playstation and all their exclusives then you're on to ps3 you're on to ps4 you're on to ps5 if you came in a ps3 then you're on to ps3 ps4 ps5 if you only came in a ps ps4 you're getting onto ps5 so in fact out of all the generations the ps5 has the biggest opportunity to to grow the most right 
Uh, grow, grow, grow meaning sell more units than the previous generation. Potentially, yeah. I, I don't know if I'd go that far. So I think it's got the biggest potential to win. And if we're looking at the kind of the sales race, I don't know if it will be as big as the PS4. I don't. I, I just. I just think the the way the the market. Jonesy will love hearing this, but I think the way <laughs> the market and the industry is changing. I just. I think this might be the generation where demand for demand. No, no, no. But I think the demand for consoles <laughs> might dip slightly just because the PS4 exceeded so many expectations. It did right. indeed. Yeah, it did. But I, I still think like even if we end up in like PS3 range numbers, you know, 80-odd million, it'll still be a successful generation. But it was a weird thing, right? Because you and I were looking at it a couple of months ago, I think, a handful of months ago, where we were saying, because the PS3 is widely regarded as having lost that generation, right? Yeah, like... But but it, when we looked at the numbers, actually, it didn't, the PS3 yeah. fucking chumped well, everything. The, the, the thing about the PS3 was that I think it, lo- it lost far more ground to Microsoft than people expected it to at the start of the generation. And also, there's a weird thing with PS3, I might be wrong, but I want to say it's quite regional, where um, in, I can't remember which way round it is, but the United States is a weirdly different situation to everywhere else, where I think it was like, in the States, the 360 was much bigger, but if, if you look around the world, the PS3 was like, the far bigger worldwide, and that's why the numbers end up so even. Right. I've got some. I've got some or it might be. It might be the other way around. But yeah, hold sure. On, hold shoot. On, hold on. Uh, let me get one more. One more set of numbers. Stato Joannidis. Come on, save the day. Is the PS2 still the biggest selling PlayStation of all time? Is it? Was it the PS2? Yes. Sold the most. Yeah. Because that sold like an insane number. Hundred and ten, hundred and twenty million, maybe. I don't know. I'm making that up now. Peak, peak PlayStation, peak console. Peak, was that era? peak okay. PlayStation. Okay, I've got I've got some stuff from you, okay? 155. So, Jesus, I got that way wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, PlayStation 2, 155. PlayStation 1, 102.5. The Wii, 101.6. Okay, so this is what I was talking about, though, okay? Uh, Xbox 360, 85.5 million sales. Yeah. PS3, 86.9. Oh, that's so, that very close. close. Very so close. So actually, the, the the Wii was the clear winner in that generation. But that oh was, yeah, you know that was fucking crazy and good for its own craziness. But when when you look back at that generation, ask anyone, and I would say that they would say that they thought the three sixty won that one. The three, but the three sixty also won by virtue of um... well growth, right? Like total growth from going from the Xbox to the Xbox yep. three sixty is fucking skyrockets. And also, like, there were weird things, like the 360 became, again, I think I'm not mistaken in saying the 360 became the console that a lot of uh, companies led development on, which is why the PS3 got so many really rough, nasty ports. The 360 was also the the year where Microsoft, again, as we know now, because of the Xbox One era, didn't do a lot of acquisitions and didn't really bolster out its first-party lineup, but it did do a very good job of approaching people for console exclusivity. And so you think about that first year or two of the 360 where, like, uh, Mass Effect was a timed exclusive, Dead Rising was a timed exclusive, Oblivion was a timed exclusive, Yeah, uh, Saints I, Row was I, I, a timed I, exclusive. I'll always remember Oblivion as being that fucking major thing for the Xbox yeah. 360. Oblivion was a timed exclusive, and, like, Skyrim is another example where by the time Skyrim came out, it was, of course, on the PS3 day and date, but it was a shocking version of Skyrim. Yeah. Because developing for the PS3 was really fucking hard, and that was an area where... The, another area where PS4 had to make up ground was indie games and arc, uh, Xbox Live Arcade games, where Microsoft recognized that 
a user-friendly store uh, store uh, front that allowed independent developers to upload their games and you had all these little stories some of which they made documentaries about like braid and super meat boy and and yeah. so on and so forth spelunky. like the spelunky yeah the xbla scene was massive compared to what the ps3 had at the time which was kind of nothing so ps3 kind of had to sony had to you know go full circle on that as well okay. and support independent developers and smaller double a and triple i games i know I, people hate those subtitles but yeah <laughs> It's interesting as well because, I mean, you can talk about number of units sold of the base consoles and say that means they won, that means they lost. But what would be a lot more interesting is to look at the number of games sold for those units um, in totality because, of course, if you you can sell like 86 million units of a PlayStation 3, but actually if the Xbox doubles its number of game sales, it's kind of irrelevant because the, we all know that they don't make the money on the consoles anyway. The consoles yeah. are, a, are a medium for them to make money off the back of the games. Um, but, I, yeah, I mean... It's, it's 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 an interesting time, and Jamie, I I, I like that your concession that um, we're, we're on our downhill slide into cloud gaming. But it's one thing that we talked about a couple of couple of weeks ago, and I keep thinking every time we talk about it now is that PlayStation, in the sense of the console side, um, continues to win the battles. But it does seem like more and more as we move forward, the Xbox will win the war because they've they're being much smarter with how they deal with the future of gaming, Game Pass. Um, yeah, I, games I think across different systems. They're cetera, trying. Cetera, cetera, they're cetera. trying everything they can do to win the war, right? But yeah, I mean, fucking, who who knows if this? The thing with Microsoft is they they've had a lot of smart ideas that just they never followed through with. Do um, you know what I mean? So tell you what, one interesting. Like I've I've taken this week. I've spent a decent amount of time on, on Game Pass, just seeing what games are actually available because on my PC. Because, um, like I said, my, my four-year-old started playing games and he's like, what games can we play? And I just started looking and I am still like, shit, there's a lot of good games in here. Oh, like, yeah. This is, um, this is a great... And I, if you can play them across PC, across Xbox, through everything, that's such a great idea, man. Yeah, agreed. Um, By the way, before we move on, can I quickly uh, fact-check the thing I said earlier, just to confirm it yeah. for people wondering. The Xbox 360 did sell more units in the United States than the PS3, it also sold more units in the UK than the PS3, but on a worldwide basis, I believe, yeah. the PS3. So the rest of Europe, the Middle East, Africa, South America. Interesting, man, yeah. And also Japan, where obviously the PS3 was much bigger. Well, I can tell you from a South African perspective, uh, I don't think we ever officially got the Xbox One, but we most certainly got the 360. Oh, sorry, nice. not the Xbox One, the, the OG the, Xbox. But we oh, right, most right. certainly got the Xbox 360, yeah. 360 was the dog's bees, and I don't care what any of y'all say about it. Favorite console ever. Nah, I'm not going to lie. It makes wee. me a little bit I'm happy. I'm a wee boy. Wee boy. It makes me a little bit happy that PlayStation nearly always win the console war, even though it doesn't really mean anything. Just because, <laughs> like, because I've had every iteration of the PlayStation, and All I've right. always been PlayStation. It's kind of like, it's a stupid thing as well. It doesn't make any bloody sense. It doesn't mean anything, <laughs> but it still makes you kind of go, yeah. <laughs> that they're doing it. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, right. Well, right. I mean, I, well. Uh, I, boys, <laughs> we've been going for two hours and 13 minutes. What do you think? Should we try and make this the longest ever? Holy shit. How long do we have to go for it to, to be the longest ever? That's a good question. Should we check with you? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll pull it up, but I think I can do it fairly right, quickly. Cool, cool, cool. So the longest ever currently, we've done two hours, 18 I think that's oh, probably the winner. Yeah, we can do that. Oh, okay, so because I was wondering if I just got to not talk about these next two news items, but let's just fucking do it. Why, why not? 
Should we uh, rattle through them? A new record. Yeah. So what have we got to beat? Uh, 218. Yeah. There are people who were at the start of this we're podcast. We're on 213 right now. So Yeah, the people at the start of this podcast would have heard you say, oh, we can't go for two hours and looked at the runtime and laughed. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So maybe next, maybe next week what I've got to do is be like, we're definitely going for a two-hour yeah. podcast. The other thing either I'm, mean that it's a one-hour podcast or a three-hour podcast. Well, the other reason I'm kind of hoping we do a short one is because, and I've said this before, I actually said it on the, uh, it was a couple of weeks ago, Chris, where you sat out for one and it was just Jonesy and I. So yeah. we probably did more talking than we probably would do on average. Two hours is about the point where I start to get not lightheaded, but I get a kind of a woozy feeling, and I've got it yeah, now. You, you, you lose steam. Yeah, yeah right. like oh. maybe it's just talking. You're too losing long. interest. But like, no, I'm not losing we've interest. We've got to carry on this podcast until. But Jamie I'm, faints. I'm kind of like, I think I would faint if we did it for another hour. <laughs> I think I'd faint as well. To be fair. All right. Anyway, look, Microsoft Flight Simulator, gentlemen. Uh, yeah. The game looks fucking phenomenal if you're into flight simulators, dude. Yeah. It's launching on August 18th, which is hella close. That's like a month away. Yeah, well, right? people won't be able to play it, Chris, because they've spent all their money pre-ordering Marvel's Avengers to get access to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, no, but, um, but yes, yeah, you, cool. you, you can pre-order and pre-load that game right now, which is interesting. Can I, can I, can I say something else that touches on what we were just talking about? Uh, because, good, of course... It, good old Bring It Back Around Jones. It is included with um, Game Pass. Flight Simulator, hell yeah. yeah. I might play it just because I can. Like, which, which that to me is that is one of the like what are they doing why do they keep giving everyone their games all for free it's because like, well, not for free that's how they because yeah. it makes the money because people hear shit like that and you're like fuck it maybe I'll sign up and yeah, forget, to do they it. forget to cancel it and then what do you know absolutely absolutely yeah it is kind of mad but th- so interestingly enough Ked so the game I think clocks in at 90 gigabytes okay yeah which is pretty hefty, but you've got to remember like they're using a lot of satellite imagery and it still has streamed components to the game. Mm, uh, it, it's right. a gorgeous looking game, either way, whether you're a flight simulator fan or not. But interestingly enough, there is a company that is uh, releasing Microsoft Flight Simulator uh, in physical form, fellas, and the <laughs> physical copy comes on 10 dual-layer DVDs. That's crazy, dude. 10? Why do you need that? Oh, DVDs. Why don't they just put it... I oh, guess sorry, no, Blu-ray. Blu-ray, Blu-ray. Most... No, no, it is no, but Blu-ray. A Blu-ray's 20, isn't a Blu-ray 25 gig? Like a dual-air Blu- Blu-ray 25 I gig? Know, dude. I don't know. Why do they need 10? 10. 10 I don't them. know. It looks kind of cool, though. There's a picture of the full set, and it kind of looks like a fold-out box set of yeah. DVDs. Like now, you just the, got the, the James Bond collection. The one I was reading that was reporting on this reckons that this might be the... Um, uh, a record for how many discs a game has. Not not talking about like floppy disks because those were fucking right. fourteen fucking floppy disks for like I don't know King's Quest or some shit. But yeah, for a a disc, you know, CD style disc. I think this is the record. Um, and it's interesting. So the retail version of Microsoft Flight Simulator contains the simulator code itself, which uh, is rumored to not actually be that big in terms of like size and data, etc. Uh, but it does include the virtual world that it's set in, according to the publisher Aerosoft, the publisher of the physical edition. Yeah. Um, and it's it's it, so like I said, it's ninety gig. So the idea is, do you want to download ninety gigabytes, or do you want to load ninety gigabytes from discs? Ten discs. Ten discs, though. Like that's no question. Surely, you just download it. The convenience factor. It's, yeah, just leave it to go overnight. Because if it's disc, it'll be like. 
disc two is is ready to be ejected. Insert disc three, <laughs> and you yeah, just get exactly. to be yeah. there forever. Yeah, you, you'd yeah. be never ending. Yeah. I know. I know exactly why they've done this though. There's, there's you know, why there's a physical version is for people, you know, older people who are like. Oh, you've lost. You've lost your go. focus again, Jonesy. How am I? Focus on my face. Don't look at my mic. Yeah, but Jonesy's right. Like, there is a huge proponent of like flight sim fans who are just people who only play fight flight simulator. Yeah, like, yeah. Wanna, wannabe pilots, retired pilots, old dudes who have like bizarrely expensive setups in their attics or their basements. Yeah, like, oh no, shit. sorry, that's that's what I mean. That's they're the people that. Yeah, are, no, I'm, that, I'm know, agreeing with gonna, you. They're the ones that are going to be playing it and they're going to be buying it. And the reason I know those people is because I know a lot of those people who are. Isn't your dad one of them? What, yes, what? exactly. Yeah, would would your dad pick up flight simulator? Not now, because he does it as a job, because <laughs> he's a pilot. Um, do, you think, so, like, do you think like a pilot will pick up Flight Simulator and just start doing like... Oh, sorry, I've got to get it comfortable. Oh, oh he's got, he's got go. a fart. He's just got to do a grunt, in, a silent grunt. <laughs> he's got pins and needles in his dick. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah do, do you think that your dad would ever... Be, so, yeah, your dad's a pilot, right? Do you think he'd ever play Flight Simulator so he could fuck around and do whatever he wants? Because you can't... If you're flying no, a plane, you that's can't not fuck how around and do, do what you want. So he used to play, when I was a kid, he would play Flight Simulator and the way he would play, I'm not even joking, he would like uh, set up a route, do all of his manoeuvres, do whatever he needed to do, take off, get into the air, set his course and then like we'd go do stuff for the day and then he could go back and like at a certain time the plane would be landing and he'd just go land the plane. That's like when Chris used to do Le Mans 24 hours in Gran Turismo. (laughs) Yeah, A-spec buddy, hell yeah. Yeah, like, what's to... the point? As that's not a game. That's so weird. No, it's. It, let me tell you. From doing the Lamar thing it was cool because I used to set it up in the morning. You know how we're talking at the, at the beginning of this podcast. How's this becoming a background? I used to play that game at night. Okay, fine. Fin- switch it off. Go to sleep. Wake up in the morning. Switch it on. Start a Lamar race. Uh, do a couple of laps to make sure that I've like lapped a couple of cars. Leave it on uh, auto drive, which it, it was an option at the time. Go to university. Get you know. <laughs> get drunk at lunch, whatever university kids fucking did, come back home, did a couple more laps to make sure, like, no, I'm still lapping everyone. Leave it to go, you know, have some supper, maybe have a, have a nap or something, come back to it at the end of the night and, like, yeah, get ready to finish up the Lamar 24-hour because it was 24 hours real time. And once you did that, wow. you unlocked the fastest car in the game. So it was cool. I loved it. Oh, okay. Well, that that kind of makes sense. I thought you did it as like a, a regular thing. Like, this is just what you did with your weekends. Like, <laughs> let the game play itself. Nah, but I, it, I, 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 yeah, going it, back to flight sim, though. It's fun, dude. One thing I do want to do is I want to do a uh, live stream, um, but get my dad to do it with me because then he can do be the, cool. the chat because how you, you know, do the talking. And stuff. Oh, cool. like talk, talking to the radio, like uh, Breaker Breaker Alpha Alpha One. Yeah, like when you talk to the actual tower and you know what to say. Cause I, yeah. Because in I've watched quite a few um, Flight Sim live streams from like the last game and uh, some of the best um, streams of that are where people who are like, because you can play as the tower, um, so you can have people who actually are air traffic control and they were telling people where to land and what runways to go on. But if you had like people doing that or in the plane actually saying, you know, this is uh, Foxtrot Juliet 927 coming in from uh, this heading, da, da, da. and then the people in the tower are like, uh, I, I got, I got a, land, I got a better I idea, guess. dude. I got a way better idea. We should do a live stream where we are the dudes in the tower telling people where to go and what to do. Yeah, yeah, that would be, that'd be wicked. Yeah, you, be you know, you know how my channel's called Hot Panic. Can you imagine the fucking <laughs> Hot Panic? We got fucking, we got like eight seven four sevens coming in, and like fucking 
two seven seven sevens, a couple of Airbuses coming in, and we just have no fucking clue. We probably crash into each other. We probably get banned though, right? Because a lot of those dudes take it super seriously. And it's super like, seriously. It's like borderline well, role play, and if you intentionally no, yeah, break but, the rules, but I'm, not, I'm not saying we go in there intentionally to fuck it up, but I because we don't. We know try really doing, hard to do. We well. would fuck it up, and I think that's where a lot of the comedy will come from. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that would be quite, quite funny. But like Jamie said, we might get banned pretty quickly. <laughs> I've got a few. Right, well, uh, moving on to our very last uh, segment of the uh, the longest podcast we would have ever made. Uh, Lego have announced a new Lego set, boys. See, breaking away from gaming, but not really, because they are releasing a Nintendo Entertainment System of their own. Oh, yeah. Oh, and this, yeah. this one, unlike the Mario stuff a couple of weeks ago, this one I think I'm actually kind of interested in, maybe. I really, I really fucking want it, but it's too expensive, dude. It's way too yeah, expensive. You're a psycho. It's prohibitively it's, expensive. Yeah, it's coming up at £210 or $230. Okay, and it, yeah, it, it's it, absolutely insane. Yeah, it, it includes two thousand six hundred and forty-six pieces, which is on the larger side of of Lego sets, which is quite nice. And it releases on August the first, so very soon, in fact. Uh, but it includes the NES uh, console. It includes includes a controller, a cartridge that you can put into the NES. It includes a retro TV with an antenna, and it's kind of got it, it's the scene of Super Mario, but it's got a little crank on the side of the TV where the world kind of like goes by and it's got a little Mario and a stick that kind of looks like you're playing the game. Uh, yeah. Oh, does it? I didn't know it did that. Yeah, that it's pretty, pretty fucking cool. And um, it's also got Lego Mario compatibility. So the Lego Mario set that was coming out where you, the little Mario thing that uh, had like little LED eyes and shit, if you put it on top of the TV, it kind of, there's compatibility there where it plays sound effects for the shit happening on the TV as you <laughs> scroll. I think it's fucking cool, man. I'm I think with it's you. cool, I but it's it. so expensive, man. Yeah, this, these days I only get Lego when um, giveaway YouTube channels send them to me. <laughs> yeah, hint, hint, uh, Alex Jones. <laughs> Mate, this is too rich for my blood from a, le- from a Lego standpoint. I mean, come on. Yeah, there, there's, there are a couple, like, big boy Lego sets that I wish I could fucking afford. Like, there was a Superstar Destroyer um, the, as, as an Ultimate Collector series. Uh, there's an Ultimate Collector series Star Destroyer, which I really liked. Um yeah, and this this thing is fucking cool. This thing is cool. This, do you know what? I think I agree that this is cool. Like, and I like the concept, and I like the the I like the way it looks, and I like some of the functionality. The thing I find odd about it is like it's not it's not that well. I imagine it's pretty basic as far as Lego sets go because it's it's kind of straightforward, right? It's just a couple of blocks, but just that are but separate. I think the TV element with the with the movable scenes and the crank. I think that's where the complexity comes in because. Uh, there's going to have to be some kind of like Lego technic stuff happening in that TV, right? I'd love to see inside the, I'm looking at a picture right now. I'd like to see inside the TV to see if it's like crazy in there. But I mean, the price point is absolutely insane. Yeah. That's like I said, prohibitive. Yeah. It's a shame, but that's Lego for you nowadays, right? Like the cool, the cool shit, the things with the most pieces, the most exclusive shit. It's expensive. Yeah. It's a premium product. That, that, uh, ultra collectors, uh, um, Ultimate Collector Series uh, Star Destroyer costs six hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, right. There's there's also there's a six hundred and fifty pound um, Lego Millennium Falcon as well. Yeah, 
Yeah. Which is which is which looks very cool. But then, so I've given away two Lego sets on my channel, right? So I gave away the Millennium Falcon. I think it was 150 quid. And I gave the, I did Kylo Ren Shuttle, which was like 100 pounds. Yeah. But they, I think for what, what you get for the price of them seems totally to make sense to me. Because you look at the size of the build, how many pieces it is, and it. I get it. This looks, I don't know. You're gonna. This looks to me like for geeky old men like us who you're gonna build it, <laughs> put it on your shelf behind you in your YouTube yeah, and, channel, and it just collects dust. Yeah, hundred. Yeah. And the people are gonna go. But I, that's cool. I think. Yeah, I think that's a relationship with some people have with Lego nowadays, right? Like, very few people, yeah, especially yeah. in our age range, and that's ultimately who this appeals to because kids don't want to build an SNES. Um, that's true. We're not. We're not building Lego to play with it anymore. We're building yeah. Lego to build it. We're building Lego to look at it to put it on display. Some yeah. people have, you know, all their builds on shelves and shit like that. Ultimately, when you build a Lego yeah. product framed around a fucking forty-year-old console, thirty-five-year-old <laughs> console, it is for old fucks, you know, yeah. and th- yeah. that's fine. Yeah, man. I was. I was looking at the. I was looking at the uh, the Lego website today because I was getting the info for this, and they've got a. Um, Two things are really cool. They've got a Lamborghini Cyan. So the Cyan is the kind of new Lamborghini that they've released. They've got a Lego Technics version of that, and it looks fucking cool. But it's three hundred and fifty pounds, right? And then they've got Jesus. I'm not so I'm I'm not a, a football fan or for our American friends soccer, right? Soccer, soccer, South African fans as well. Soccer. Um, they had Old Trafford as a set, and it looks fucking cool. But like. I, 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 I would be, to fucking build it. You, I you know would, what? I, I, I want. To, I want a, a rich benefactor who wants to display all these things, right? And what they'll do is they'll buy the Lego sets, send them to me, so I can build them, and then I'll yeah. send them back pre-assembled, like pre-assembled. That's, That's cool. I like that, that would be the ultimate relationship for me because I just yeah. fucking love building Lego. I, I'm with you on that, with the exception of the old Trafford kit, which I would really like to build just to be able to piss on it and then knock it down again and set it on fire. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they had this the uh, the Chelsea equivalent, you, you'd fucking love it. But don't you think that they think that the price of this almost seems like it's a little bit like they've just jacked up the price because they know that the audience who are going to buy it can afford that. 100%. Whereas, but that kind of, I don't know, that to me feels a little bit. Oh, off. Jonesy, were, uh, you, were you snorting salt before the podcast? You're straight cynicism this week. <laughs> Everything, everything's, everything's got a conspiracy theory. I, I will say one no, thing, though. I, Jonesy, you're, you're making up Far Cry mechanics here. <laughs> in, in defense of Lego, Jonesy, I think when you look at the number of pieces, I think yeah. uh, it's it's more or less equivalent to what you'd expect for the amount of, like the cost per piece, shall I say. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, fair enough, then. That that makes like, sense. Like 2,646 pieces is not an insubstantial <laughs> amount of pieces. I suppose what, what the thing that always like makes me feel weird about Lego is I always imagine ten year old me wanting a Lego set and it costing thirty quid and it being a possibility and if it cost two hundred and thirty my parents would laugh in my face and go no yeah. get a job and then you can have it I think that's what my brothers go through at the moment I'm looking at other stuff that costs in that two hundred yeah. range okay hold on yeah can I can I give um, I did the same thing Jamie we're on the same board so the the one that I'm going to point out is the Taj Mahal. Right, which is quite a quite a uh, a popular Lego set for enthusiasts to build because a it looks cool, mm-hmm. uh, but b it's it's uh, considered to have a lot of pieces. It's one of the most pieces in a set, and that's five thousand nine hundred twenty three pieces, and that's coming in at three hundred pounds. And it's double the number of pieces. Yeah. 
Can I just say, this is weird. You, I don't know why this is, but on the box for the Lego uh, NES one, yeah. it says that it's 18 plus. That's weird. Like, okay, that's you, roll, you crank the handle enough and, like, Mario drops his kex. Jizzes. <laughs> he jizzes on the Goombas. Uh, yeah, sorry, Jamie, what, were you, what were you, you were looking at? Uh, uh, I was just going to see, I picked out two other ones in the exact same price range to see if they had also been influenced by high price increases because of the fandom associated with them. Sure. And that's the Jurassic Park T-Rex Rampage at 220 Okay, which, how many pieces, though? 3,120, so a little okay. bit more. Okay. Um, and also the 1989 Batmobile at 220, which also has 3,306. So the Jurassic Park and Batman stuff do have a slightly bigger a piece Quite count. A lot bigger. About yeah, about bigger. 500 to 500 to 700 pieces well, more. So yeah, not, not again, significant. I, I wonder a third again. Yeah. I wonder if the prices dropped on those since they've come out. Very possible. Like, is it that for instance, is it that the, I am right? <laughs> No, no, uh, you, um, and entirely could be. Uh, but I'm just wondering, because like the Taj Mahal has been around for years, right? Let me, right. hold on. Uh, let me let me search that Old Trafford one and let's see where that's kind of coming. Because that, that's obviously going to be something That's going to be a, 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 lot, a lot, right? You can build a lot of pieces in a stadium. So that's 250 pounds. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that is 3,898 3, pieces. Okay. That that seems gonna, that's pricing seems more in line with Mario is on a on a ratio basis. Yeah, so so this is what I'm saying because that's also a new set. The Mario one is a set that's about to come out. I wonder if it's not necessarily a premium for the brand, but more premium for the brand and, uh, n- for lack of a better word, newness of it. Newness. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it looks cool. Like, the, the Mario set looks cool. And I will say, because the last Mario set that came out looked pretty shit. Like, it, for the amount of money that was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I, I wasn't like, That was like 100 it. quid, and you got barely anything with it. It was like four pieces. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. not in it. I was not into it for some reason. I liked it in theory, but I didn't like what a lot of it looked I, like. I, I bought the, the starter pack. I was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to buy it. How, it much did that, how much did that cost? Um, Five thousand pounds. Oh, I found it. It's fit forty nine ninety nine. Sixty pounds or something. It's fit. I found it here. Is it was it the Super Mario Adventures with Mario Starter Course? Yes, that's forty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I probably paid somewhere around there. Um, so okay. you paid as much, almost as much as Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven for some little Mario Lego. Yeah. No, I'm messing around. So, so Can I hold on? So I'm, I'm looking. So two more, right? Uh, the Ultimate Collectors Millennium Falcon that I said six hundred and fifty pounds. Right, yeah. And that is 7,541 pieces. Okay. Wow. Uh, That's a lot. And the uh, Imperial Star Destroyer, which is also 650 pounds, 4,784. Wow, okay. Only 4,000. Yeah. 650. Hmm. They have got an audience in mind who have that money. (laughs) It's it's fucking cool, though, boys. Like, the... I've always loved the the design of the Star Destroyer. If I could fucking buy this one, I would. But there's yeah. no way I'm spending six hundred fifty pounds on some Lego. I tell you what, I do want the um, the Lego Nes to be able to do is that the controller controls the little man on the screen jumping up and down. That would be pretty cool. cool. Yeah, that'd be wicked. Yeah, uh, that would be. I don't know how that would work, but but even, even as it is, <laughs> yeah, even as it is, right? So you can build like this little cartridge, and the cartridge goes into the. The console. It would be cool if they sold other cartridge packs where it's the cartridge, but it's also the scenery that changes. 
Yeah, that would be. Oh cool. right, yeah, that would be cool. That would be clever. Again, I don't want to. I don't want to be the person in charge of figuring that shit out logistically, but it would be yeah. cool. Yeah, it would be cool. I think I want to say that I I bought a um, I bought these uh, Guardians of the Galaxy spaceship. Oh yes, with, the uh, the the Alyssa. Uh, oh, the Milano. The Milano. Milano, I think yeah. it was called. I think there's a couple of them that got released. I bought one of them. I think it was supposed to be the best one that they put out. And that, I think it was about 60 quid. And that was like a big build. It seemed like it had a lot of bits. It was intricate. Um, and it was pretty cool. And then to compare that, which was, I think was about 60 pounds, to this, which is 230, I'm nowhere I would have put my money. Like, that just seems crazy to me. Well, okay, hold on. Um, it, not that interesting for people listening, but if you come this far, you don't care. I have just sent you guys a picture of, <laughs> of the Star Destroyer on, on the Discord. I mean, Oh, it's a scale. Look at this fucking chungus. That is a big boy. That's hefty. That is very cool. That is very cool. Where would you put that in your house once you're done with it? I'd fucking build a, a, a little chandelier thing, like a... Like a, a thing hang it comes from down the ceiling, like this. yeah? Yeah, it comes down like this. Or what you do is you build a coffee table around it. Okay. <laughs> like okay. a glass enclosure, right? Yeah, yeah. That would be a cool coffee table if you had um, inside, yeah, it was a whole load of bills and it was all protected. Like, yeah. It would be, be cool. cool. Anyway, what would you say? Should we should we wrap this bad? Yeah, up? sure. This monster. Uh, you want to know what uh, what we're clocking in at? Go on then. Two hours thirty four, maybe two hours thirty five, <laughs> depending, depending. Really, that's that's shocking. We should be embarrassed. Especially seeing as though the last time we went over two hours and I edited it, um, it my premiere broke. <laughs> so we'll have to see how this one goes. I was reading about that. Like I said, if they're this far, they just listening to anything we can talk about. So it doesn't matter. Um, I was reading about that. Make sure that all of your hardware encoding is ticked on. So make sure you're using uh, CUDA as your Mercury CUDA. Yeah, right. no, I checked all that. I checked all that stuff. But in the export fine. as well, there's a little tick box. You, have, you need to scroll down because it's hidden under a, under a fold. Um, there's a tick box for like force hardware encoding or something like that. If you tick that on, I was, I was watching some, uh, some videos saying that that would drastically minimize uh fail states and errors when you export uh, it wasn't even the export in the end it was even rendering was crashing everything as well i, th- I think it's because i updated to a new version and then it was just destroying it yeah it was yeah. i don't know i think it was that i think it was a new version of premiere to be fair and i've rolled back since right. then all right so guys that's uh that's the end of this fucking behemoth oh. we need a we need a code word for the one person that's gonna last in this this far dang um I don't, I don't have anything clever or funny on the top of my head. I don't know about you guys. I have no idea. I'm, what about just like Star Destroyer? No, that's fucking bullshit. I like. I know. Oh, I, every I don't time wanna, you yeah, go, I, I don't want to think of one. I can't yeah, be bothered. Because Someone you else think of the worst oh, fucking wrong. one. You pick one. Come on, you then. You think about the worst one. Come on, ones. man, with a big idea. Yeah, jo- actually, jo- Jamie, yeah, you pick one. Come on, big man. Josie shitty picks. Cool. What does that even mean? Exactly. Well, that's picks as in P-I-C-K. Terrible. Okay, I, I actually misheard and I thought she said Jonesy's shitty pecs and I was like, dude, that, that's body shaming. Shitty pecs. Jonesy body does shaming. body shaming. Jonesy's pecs aren't shitty unless they get shit on by someone in which case they would become they shitty pecs. Uh, right. Okay, cool. Well, with that and the longest episode that we have ever I'm tired. I'm not going to lie. Jeez, I'm finished. I, I'm lightheaded. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you so much for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, listening, if you're listening on a podcast platform of your choice, you guys really got your money's worth, especially considering that we bring this to you for free. Uh, but if you'd like to support us, head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash super show and show us some love and some money. And uh, we'll make it worth your while somehow. Jonesy will give you a hand job under the table. And with that, thank you so much for watching. Goodbye. See ya.